All right, fellas, in this movie, two of our main leads take a vial of pink electric juice mm-hmm. that gives them life for apparently forever. Pink drink. Pink drink, yeah. It's like behind the purple stuff. Give me that purple <laughs> stuff. If you had the opportunity to take this vial, would you? And what would you spend eternity doing? I think we should just take the would you off the table. If you had to take this vial. Okay, let's say you were forced. Okay. Like Bruce Willis was almost forced. Almost. Dude, spoilers, man. Oh, come on. Spoilers for a 30-year-old movie. <laughs> Ain't nobody tuning in and be like, oh, I was going to watch that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you haven't found time to watch this movie since 1992, sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, answer the question, Claire. Uh, What would I do for eternity? Well, this podcast, number one, right? I assume y'all be stuck with me, too. So we'll be doing this until, you know, the year 40,000. You're assuming that there's still going to be movies being made in the year 40,000. Well, we may have killed ourselves world. by then. Yeah, I mean, there'd be some terrible... I mean, this because I'm forced to take it, I don't know what I would do. Uh, just feel overwhelmed in work all the time, probably. Or in yeah, space. Just like I do now. Mm, yeah. Grave right. talk in space. It's the natural order of yeah. things. Right. You could be on Bezos' dick ship, and then you could go to another planet. Yeah. Or you I could mean, just be on Bezos' dick. <laughs> I can't think of a worse punishment than just... Like middle class for uh, 200 million years. Just just poor investment after poor investment. Yeah, just going to work every day. You're never going to retire. because. What you if need- the guy from Highlander just was working like McDonald's jobs because yeah. he just never had it? You have to have at some point a collective amount of knowledge to make some bets on the stock market or something, you know? Like, I, I don't think you would maintain your level of middle classness. Unless, unless this this magical elixir fixes my memory i'm not gonna remember shit (laughs) i only have you know what like 36 years of memories right now and at best i remember 10 percent of them so (laughs) speaking of remembering shit do you remember what the question was john yeah what would i be doing be uh i don't know i have no idea being confused it sounds like (laughs) not answering straightforward questions the old man walking around what year is it (laughs) i have many questions about the practicalities of living forever that this movie does not cover you know, play. fair point. Yeah. I would probably learn as many languages as I could. Ooh, smart. Right? I like that. I'd also build myself a bomb shelter. Yeah. Oh. Because eventually it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's when. Yeah, yeah. You John know? runs up, it's going down, son. And after the second dark ages, mm-hmm. I will arise from my bomb shelter and become a god. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Yeah. And I will mold humanity in my image. I'm going to call it shenanigans <laughs> because you can't invent any of this shit. I'm looking at all the technology around us. I would not know. Someone would be like, hey, do you remember electricity? How did you do that? And I would go, I don't know. It just, I plugged something in and well, magic happened. In my bomb shelter will be an entire Encyclopedia Britannica uh-huh. from like 1998. Okay. So I'll at least get us back to the 90s. Okay? Yeah, fair enough. I'm sure uh, how to make shit is in those books. Yeah, we'll get, th- baby, we get hypercolor shirts again. <laughs> yes. They're <laughs> like, uh, can you tell us? how to make a computer processor well it starts with sand and then magic happens and an iphone gets created i have no fucking idea i'll find all the necessary paperwork okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll keep it stored in there i'll have a library like that meredith meredith burgess meredith burgess twilight zone yeah yeah but i'll make sure that i have three pairs of glasses yeah he sits on all three at one time (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's my grand eternal life plan Uh, it's better than mine what do you got I'm going to start an OnlyFans. 
Oh, no. <laughs> just ride that out for, I don't know, half a millennium. You don't have to have eternal life for that. Yeah, plenty people of are people. doing that all over the place Look, right it's going to be a real slow boil, all right? <laughs> a thousand years later, you get to see my ankle. Only other immortals will get a payoff. <laughs> oh. No, I'd probably catch up on the video games I never have an opportunity to play, work on art projects, buckle down and get that graphic novel done in 4,000 years. I think hey. the problem, though, is you'd be like, you know what? I got plenty of time. <laughs> I love working on that stuff. I just never have the opportunity to. I feel like I would be smart enough to be like, you know what? I'm going to hang on to this. This is going to be worth some money. So I will eventually be able to have to stop working. You'd have to figure something out. An eternity of middle class jobs sounds like a fucking death sentence. That's punishment. I'd rather be dead than fucking deal with this forever. I don't even want to go to 65. I'm already upset that I have to do that. (laughs) Uh, 30 more years of this? What? No, thank you. That took a real turn there, Mark. Listen, man, we use up all our good years. Youth is wasted. And then we have to fucking sit around and be old and retired. That's not good. Well, speaking of wasting our youth, let's talk about this movie. Let's oh. waste other people's youth. Listen to <laughs> us. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John on episode 151. Fellas, how are we doing? I should have brought some of that uh, 151. What is that? That booze. We could have celebrated. Yeah, Bacardi 151. There you go. We could have lit it on fire. Taking mm. flaming shots. You ever done that? Uh, yeah, like when I was 21. John <laughs> takes off his Phantom of the Opera mask. Don't look at me. Look, man, we're trying to be youthful here, right? That's the whole message behind here is trying to maintain your youth past its time. Yeah. I mean, some of I wouldn't even want to do again, though. Like <laughs> You don't want to do like a beer bong? No. Or a keg stand? I don't need a drink till I black That's out. What you do when you're young? Well, welcome back to two old men ramble. <laughs> no, look, listen. I get it when you, you ever done a beer bong. When you, know, when you don't, it's exciting and new. But like exciting and new. I drink till hey. blackout plenty. I never need to do I it drink ever again. Plenty <laughs> ever again. Your tombstone has been set, John. <laughs> like nothing fun. Look, nothing great ever happened when I was drinking 151. Here's what ha- you know. I vomited. I had a miserable <laughs> night. Uh, no, there's not like uh, thinking back on those happy memories. Mm. Well, look, there's a set amount of natty ice around the world, and we got to get it into the bellies of college kids as fast as humanly possible. (laughs) And that's what the beer bong is for. Well, I get it. Utility. You need to drink it before you realize how gross it tastes. I understand. It's got to be as cold as ice. Yeah. White Claw saw its opening and swooped in. (laughs) Is that what you think that's what college kids are drinking these days? That's what middle aged white women are drinking. College kids are drinking. Are they? White Claw also. Remember Smirnoff Ice? I do. Let's just talk about old alcohol. (laughs) Smirnoff Ice is like my, never mind. I don't want to admit to the legal thing. But, you know, let's say if theoretically I was drinking before 21 and I needed an introduction to alcohol. You were. (laughs) Smirnoff Ice. Look, we're past the, the, what's the? Statue of limitations. limitations. (laughs) Did you ever try buying booze? Before you were twenty one, no, I, I, I got away with it. Friends. There was a there was a local mom and pop shop down the street that didn't give a shit. Nice. So I happily bought alcohol from there from nineteen to twenty one. I was like way too anxious. 
to ever do. Even when I turned 21, I was nervous the first time I bought alcohol. Like, like <laughs> I know I'm allowed, but, you know. It still feels wrong. It feels weird. So. Well, <laughs> that's enough about that. What have you guys been up to since last time? Well, mostly not being nervous and buying alcohol. <laughs> uh, no, let's see. I haven't done a whole lot. Uh, I watched a movie called Slap Face on Shudder. Slap Face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they explain it in like the first five minutes why it's called that. So I don't want to spoil it because it's brand new. I think it just came out this week or maybe last week. Mm-hmm. Time is fuzzy. It's mm-hmm. brand new. Uh, it's okay. It's not the scariest movie. It's pretty heavy, but... Does any faces get slapped in this many. production? It's okay. a very... It's not gory, but it's very violent. If you're the kind of person who really enjoys seeing the monster in a monster film, you get a lot of monster activity. Oh, good. Yeah. I oh. like to see the monster in my monster flicks. Yeah. Major warning, though. Uh, a dog does get brutally murdered. So if that is a bridge... And you see it. I'm uh, out. Yeah. So that was not pleasant. Uh, so is this monster called Slapface? No. Um, the legend of Slapface. I think it's in the trailer. So I'm going to say... Brother to gut punch. But it's too... It, too it's this game that two brothers play where they slap each other in the face to, to like, I guess, clear the air or just, it's like one of those stupid games guys play like quarters or bloody knuckles. It's just the whole thing is just to cause unnecessary pain. It was like slap hands. You remember that one where you'd put your hands yeah. on the other person and they'd slap? It was a fun, not a fun movie. That is not true. It was, <laughs> it was a, it was a good movie though. And if you His have entire sh- review is like negating everything he said the sentence before. Oh, it's not fun, but it is good. I thought it was, uh, you know, a good watch. So if you have shutter, give it a shot. And that's called slap face, slap face. I'm sure it is like on their Can you top text banner. me the part where the dog dies so I can like just fast forward through that? Uh, I mean, you'll know it's coming because you'll hear the barking. Oh, boy. Okay. So Listen for the clues. Yeah. Also, I think doesthedogdie.com probably has the timestamps. Okay. Tremendous website, by the way, if you're not yeah. into uh, animal violence, which you shouldn't be. We've talked about it before, but yes. clue the audience in, John. Doesthedogdie.com tells you when uh, animal violence happens so you can skip it in a movie. That's right. Humans, get fucked. Animals, we got your back. What a great public service. It is. Yeah. yeah. I hope the, you know, the studio should be investing in that website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, that's it for me. I'm done. Garrett? I have not watched any scary movies, but I did recently purchase two movies that I guess are horror adjacent. Uh, the first one stars Vincent Price, came out in 1965. I have not watched these yet, but I did buy them. They are going to be watched very soon. Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Vincent Price is a mad doctor who plans on taking over the world by having beautiful female robots seduce rich, powerful men. Frankie Avalon plays a secret agent who tries to stop the plot, but ends up in Price's torture chamber. So that's the first movie I bought. Second one. Oh, boy. 1966 classic The Ghost in the Invisible Bikini starring Boris Karloff. Hear him stoke him. Boris Karloff is a man who's dead but doesn't know it. A ghastly ghost figure comes to his mansion and tells him how he may enter the gates of heaven if he is able to perform one good deed in 24 hours. So are you buying these solely based on that they have a lady part in the title? Or big Frankie Avalon fan. Both Uh, of them actually do have a lot of the same actors. But no, (laughs) my girlfriend reminded me of the song from uh, Dr. Goldfoot. Watch the trailer, sold. And now my algorithm is all fucked up on iTunes. And they're like, you may also like all these movie star washed up horror actors and stuff like that. So it's Mm -hmm, just, mm -hmm. it's a cornucopia of random beach party nonsense mixed with horror ghosts. And oh man, it's, it's fantastic. Good old camp from the bygone yesteryears. Nice. Well played. Okay. I like that. 
Well, that sounds fun. I'll, um, I'll have a more thorough breakdown when I actually watch them, but yeah. yeah. Especially like to know about the count of bikinis in these bikini movies. Yeah, yeah. Is there any false advertisement? Is yeah. there a single bikini? I bet there's one. Just and that, one. And that was like... It's probably right. the murderers wearing it. Yeah, and they're like, all right, Hayes Code, that's all you get. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll do a quickie, bring Alex in. She's, she's kind of the expert on these garbage films. I watched Mimic from 1997. Oh, I remember seeing that at the uh, video store. Yeah, continuing on my Guillermo de Toro train. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm trying to fill in all the gaps that I'd missed over the years. I'd seen this one a long time ago. Probably not since it came out, though. But this is the one where there is a disease that is killing children in New York. So scientists take a cockroach and termite DNA and genetically splice it together, and they release them into the sewers of New York, and it kills off the roach population that's carrying the disease. Okay. They were built to only have a 180-day lifespan, but like four or five years later, something is killing people from the sewers. Uh, I'd like to quote from uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, life finds a way. That's right. I'd so, like to quote from Office Space, but I always fuck this up, a decimal <laughs> pointer. <laughs> so it turns out that these... Roach hybrids have evolved into looking more like people. What? Yeah. So they're snatching people from the alleyways of New York and taking them down to their lair and killing them. Mm. Science seems, yeah, science checks out. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. So I would recommend that one if you haven't seen it in a while. It's a giant bug movie, you know, in a sewer. I hate roaches. Hate them. They're gross. But yeah, like, especially when they're this big now. And then human size and bigger. That sounds choices. interesting. I'd like to check that out. I don't think I ever saw it. I remember seeing the box yeah. all the time. But yeah, I never saw it. It's pretty good. Maybe. Are you going to be revisiting Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. Yeah, love that movie. Yeah. Good one. Next one is Devil's Backbone. Okay. I heard a lot of good things about that one. That's part of the Pan's Labyrinth kind of story world. Is Pan's Labyrinth a horror movie? What do you think? It's like a horror drama. I'd say yeah. a dark period fairy tale. Piece. Dark fairy tale period piece. Yeah. yeah. Okay, dig it. There's some, there's some very... Sp- creepy imagery, but I don't know if I'd call it a horror film. I think the monsters in it would justify, uh, uh, if we decided to do it, I It's I definitely it adjacent pass. enough to yeah. where we could throw yeah. it on a list. Anyway, that's enough about that. Are we ready to talk about Death Becomes Her from 1992? If we have to. <laughs> Am I the only one here who enjoyed this movie? Sounds like it. Wow. Well, And I thought I would be the one who hated it more than anybody. I don't hate it as much as I used to. I wouldn't say I hated it, but... Hated it. If I never saw it again, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Wow. That's, that's almost like hate, dude. Well, no, when I hate a movie, I wish I had never Look, seen it. I don't hate it. I just want to shun it forever. Yeah. No, the, I don't regret having seen it. I just don't ever want to subject myself to it again. I've gone from loathing it to not caring. Yeah, I don't that? care about it. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it now. I'm with Mark. Phil Collins nods in approval. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, I remembered hating this movie as a kid or a younger person because it was 92. I think I probably saw it in like 96, 97 ish. And on a rewatch, there are definitely parts of it that annoyed the hell out of me. But again, very 90s movie making. But I fell straight into the, the like the Frankenstein camp level absurdity of it. I really enjoyed this watch of this movie. I don't know if I'd like put it on regularly, but I rented it and I kind of now wish I would have just spent the, the couple extra bucks just to have it in the collection just in case. What do you mean Frankenstein camp? I would not 
put these two in the same You mean like category. young Frankenstein? You're talking about Universal Monsters Frankenstein yeah, yeah, from yeah. 1930s? Dude, there was so much Frankenstein in this movie. But there was also a lot of campy acting and stuff like uh, that that really just like went hand in hand. I don't know. There was, I mean, there was... The overacting was like, it's alive! Like, that shit is like so over the top. I don't know. That's Frankenstein-esque, though. Oh, dude. Frankenstein was so over the top. This is more like soap, uh, soap opera dramatic. Soap. Yeah. Soap. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess each their own. I did not pick up on a lot of oh, Frankenstein. The doctor in the the doctor in the hospital. The part where like they they talk about the 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 plot to kill what's her face, and it's just like you're gonna say this, and it's like I said this. Like it, it's extremely campy and fun in its own right. And yeah, I but I don't be think honest, that's what it, OG Frankenstein was. No, no, no. It's it's got like. <clears throat> it's got like that crazy over the top, like bombastic acting that Frankenstein had from like the doctor and stuff like that. But then mixed with the campiness of like okay. this film, which kind of, you know, plays into like that old, like noir seventies, not seventies, but like whatever the time frame that was time and space are mystery for us. Thirties. Sure. Thirties, seventies, you know, tomato, you know, tomato. The noir, easy writer, but I loved it. So I've been very slowly working my way through tales from the crypt. This would make a great 27-minute Tales from the Crypt episode. <laughs> totally perfect. You could have compressed a lot of it down. That would have been awesome. An hour and 40 was tough. I do like here. I'll start with what I liked. I did like that this is the kind of movie I feel like you don't get a lot of anymore where there's really only like three characters, maybe four. It was about this crazy thing that happened to a group of people and there wasn't like a lot of backstory you had to worry about. It wasn't like universe ending. It wasn't like, oh, the person who gave the magic potion is this evil planner or anything. Well, they don't even delve into the magic potions origin yeah. at all. Love that. They don't okay. give a shit about answering what the hell that is. That's yeah. what I hated. I have seven questions in a row just about the potions. <laughs> yeah, see, like, I like that it was just about a group of a, a we unexplainable weird thing that happened to a small group of people. Like, give me more movies like that. I did appreciate that. So for me, this movie started out, I was like, okay, I'm actually kind of liking this. And then just to slowly decline until the end. Like, especially when they hit that Looney Tunes level of bonking each other with shovels. I'm like, yes. I, this is ridiculous. I don't like it. The premise was spread too thin across as long as this movie was. That was the main challenge I think it had. The mo the first moment of Looney Tunes in this movie, though, is when um, uh, Meryl Streep, yeah, Madeline, basically takes the potion and her like her ass and her tits like get like all like firm and perky. And it's like when her tits go whoop, whoop, like it goes. Someone hits a wood block when they lock into place. Yeah. That was the moment where I was like, oh boy. Well, <laughs> you know, like, this is, this is going to be bananas in a minute. Director Robert Zemeckis, hot off of Roger Rabbit, who framed, by the way, <laughs> was framed. He did a reverse Judge Doom where okay. he got flattened and blew himself up like that. He's like, oh. I want to do that on a real person, but I'm going to do it with some tits and ass. There you go. Well, when, when uh, Meryl Streep first sits up after falling down the, um, the steps, and I was like, remember me, Eddie, when I killed your brother? <laughs> I was like, this is so Roger rabbit -y. I didn't know Zemeckis did Roger Rabbit right before this. Well, not technically. So, oh, okay. This one is directed by Robert Zemeckis, who's most famously known for the Back to the Future trilogy. He did part one, then he went and did Roger Rabbit, and then he did Back to the Future 2 and 3, and in 1992, he did two movies, one of being this. And then he would go on to do Forrest fucking Gump. Like, wow. All over the place, this guy. This man's got a career. Yeah, no kidding. So we'll just round this out a little bit. So uh, there's really only four names you need to know in the movie. Meryl Streep. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. <laughs> Meryl Streep is Madeline Menville. Bruce Willis is Dr. Ernest Menville. 
Goldie Hawn as Helen Sharp, and Isabella Rossellini as Lyle Von Ruman, who yeah. is the witch doctor lady in this movie. But she's only in the movie for like 10 minutes. And what a glorious 10 minutes I it mean, was. super good. Though. I'll tell you what. I did not realize back in the day, Goldie Hawn, two thumbs up. Mm. She looked really good in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we need to get into how people looked in this movie because I have so many notes about the makeup artist in this film. The budget was $55 million and it rounded out the box office what? worldwide as $149 million. How much of that went to Meryl Streep and Bruce Willis? No, it was all the special effects. Dude, yeah, this, this movie was done by ILM, the special effects, and it was one of the first movies to ever do skin textures with CG. Oh, okay. And let me be honest with you. Those don't hold up as well as they want them to. I thought they did okay. I yeah, knew it was, it was okay, but backwards head talking Meryl Streep was weird looking. Her head bobbing almost made me sick at one point because I was just like, <laughs> stop moving. I was getting like seasick I tried, watching her head wobble. Yeah. I tried to judge it for its time and I sure. thought, okay, this was okay. I'll give it to you, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. On Rotten Tomatoes, we got a 54% with the critics out of 54 reviews. 61% of the audience out of 100,000 plus reviews. Wow. Whoa. It's as mixed as it was when it released. I feel like that's a very good score for this. I mean, it's not a great score in general, but I feel like this is that's a very accurate score for how you can feel about this movie. Well, over the half of the people who watched it like it. Yeah. So I guess it's got that going for it. And I, I guess I get that, right? Like, I mean, I'm being harsh on it, but if I had to just break it down to, right, do I like it or not like it? I guess I liked it. Uh yeah, I guess. I mean, it's funny. It's it's much more of a comedy than a horror. I mean, this is probably, uh, maybe this is a hot take, maybe it's not, but I think this is the least horror movie we have ever done on this podcast. Oh, God. That's... You think so? Yeah. I mean, what's horror about it? That they are immortal and one person gets a hole in them? It's, it's, I mean, they're walking dead. I mean, I guess that... <laughs> I would probably call this some sort of drama cartoon. Yeah. Real life drama cartoon. It's, I mean, it, it is a funny movie. There are a lot of moments where I laughed out loud, but at no point was I tense, scared. I mean, I guess it could be like a horror comedy, but it just doesn't have any of the real horror tropes, I don't think. Well, I think that's what it is considered is it's a horror comedy or satirical black comedy fantasy is what Wikipedia calls it. Yeah. What is it satirical about? Maybe I just I went over my head, but what are they satirizing? It is not nah, Frankenstein. Not. There is like so much Frankenstein. There's zero. In this movie. Yeah, you are zero. What are you talking about? There's so much Frankenstein. Just because one person is campy does not make no, it Frankenstein. No, God damn it. No, listen to me. Bruce Willis's character is like so a Dr. Frankenstein character. No. It's not at There's, all. And they're talking <laughs> about the like um, the murder plot. There's an abnormal brain sitting on the cabinet. Yeah, that's a young Frankenstein callback. No, that's but. actually a reference to the original one. No. Oh, no, you're right. That is Young Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They do pick a fucked up brain in uh, Frankenstein, but... No, yeah. they just pick a regular brain in Frankenstein. No, That's what the joke is no. about Young Frankenstein, where, yes. he, where he goes to go get the, the regular brain. Why is Frankenstein brain. so dumb in the original Frankenstein? Igor does not fuck up anything in the original. His no. monster is an abomination to man. Yeah, I, you think you're confusing Young Frankenstein and regular Frankenstein, because regular Frankenstein is a very sad uh, it exploration. It is a very serious film. Yeah, very it is dark. Not, there's no camp in Frankenstein. Yeah. It's over the top because that was the style of filmmaking back then, but right. it is not like they, Frankenstein. Yeah, okay, at well, they're, all. they're definitely like playing on young Frankenstein. They're play, playing on Frankenstein. They're playing on like all sorts of shit. 
it's definitely satire of like some horror stuff. I think it's more a satire of just the diva Hollywood world of like who like you know I'm sure that's in there who too, Meryl but... Streep reminded me of and which made it very hard to take any even slightly serious is uh, was it Jenna Jen from uh, Thirty Rock the blonde girl. Oh, go for it, Liz. I always roll with it when hot guys think I'm 22. What can we do? We're cougars. Yeah, I can't remember what her name is, but that character, I think, was like a direct line of what this so, is satire. Like satirizing Hollywood and yes. the need to stay young. Exactly. Like youth right? culture. Okay. Which is funny to think of that they were satirizing youth culture all the way back in 1992, considering it has just gotten 10,000 times worse in the right. last 30 years. You know, growing up as an ugly human being, that's something we don't have to worry about. <laughs> Aging doesn't yeah. matter. We are always at the bottom. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it like nowadays it feels like if you're older than 25, everyone is like, oh, oof. You might as well go to the farm. Yeah. It's like 25, 25 retired. Like that is it. <laughs> right. uh, so but wasn't it that way when we were young? Like you'd look at somebody who was like 40 and be like, you were ancient. I guess. You know? Yeah. Perspective. You yeah. Know? It is sometimes when I go back and I watch things like, uh, uh, I mean, we've talked on this before, how I like old wrestling and like those wrestlers seem so adult when I was 10. And now I'm like, oh, these are just kids. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. So like if this is satirizing that, I, I, I also, like I said, I pick up on maybe satirization of the drama yeah. of movies. Like, like I said, soap opera is kind of really over the top with their melodramatic business. So I kind of see that as a parallel to the satirization and like plastic surgery. I think it's just yeah. satiring that whole like eighties excess. Like I think, you know, facelifts were very big back then. At least from what popular culture tells me. Well, now uh, it's all Botox, right? Yeah. Injections. I don't know. Are people still getting nipped and tucked? I assume that's still a thing. Uh, I, yeah. I think I th I think it's progressed to such a point where unless you like really overdo it, it is a lot harder to tell nowadays. Uh, They've just gotten better at it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm so sure that that there's no way that everybody in Hollywood has perfect genes and is 65 years old and looks 40 just naturally. I'm not buying it. <laughs> not that, at all. Yeah. They're not one of them. And when we were young, old people looked ancient as fuck. And then so, at some point, 40 became the new 20. And now everybody older is looking way younger. Yeah, than they I, were. It must be, I mean, something in the water. Cause sometimes I watch like movies from the fifties or sixties and they'll be like, Oh yeah, that is my grandma. She's 55 and she looks 80. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I, We're just aging better overall. Yeah. Well, I you think know? we just live healthier. We, life we learned, we yeah, we learned how to yeah. be healthier and keep unleaded, care of ourselves perhaps. Yeah. Unleaded gasoline. I don't know. Vitamin E. When I was young, I thought they look old when I'm old now. You think a 65 year old person from like 1950 looks the same as a 65 year old person from like today. Old people just looked old to me. My grandpa looked ancient at yeah. 65 when I was a kid. And now I look at people his age. I'm like, dude, my grandpa looked way worse You're than rough. these people. I'm, it was smoking. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you, it pee. had to be it. Good genes in my family, I yeah. guess. We don't have that problem. So um, acting, I think everybody does a pretty good job at acting. Oh. I would not complain about the acting. No way. I do think that uh, probably, like you said, Bruce Willis's it's, it's, this is where I don't get the Frankenstein aspect because he's like a bumbling idiot yeah. through the entire film. He's not a mad science genius. He just happens to be good with a can of spray paint. Yep. And I, it is, I'm so impressed with Bruce Willis's comedy chops because it's not a, like a, a thing that he continued very far, you know, much further past 
I'd say the mid nineties right now. He's like a action star. He does action movies. Well, he was. Oh yeah. Now he's making garbage straight to DVD films. <laughs> Fair enough. But they're action garbage straight to DVD films. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out he is hilarious. He is really funny. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Everyone acted, I mean, exceptionally well, right? And it's like all Academy Award winners. So of course the acting is on point. These are all people who are famed for being exceptional actors, except Bruce Willis, apparently. But uh, I don't think he's won an Academy Award. He well, should, as Garrett though. alluded to last week, he got a start in a TV show called Moonlighting. So yeah. he's no stranger to like drama or comedy, you know? Nailed so it, this, though. He fell right into it again. Uh, so I totally agree with you, Mark. The acting was great. I think this movie was targeting people who were like in their 30s in 1992, right? Who remembered like Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Do so. they make movies for 30 and 40 year olds anymore? No, they just make superhero films yeah. and Avatar 8 through 12s that never get released. <laughs> well, here's what the back of the VHS box has to say about Death Becomes Her. Totally original, like nothing you've ever seen before, unless you watch cartoons, says Cinema Showcase. I added that last part. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar-winning actresses Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn star with Bruce Willis and Robert Zemeckis's. That's all the names up front. They really want to punch you in the face with who's in this. Yeah. Outrageously entertaining comedy about greed, vanity, sex, immorality, life, ellipsis, and death. Ooh. Did I use that right? Ellipsis is the three dots, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You God. nailed it. Yes. First, there's actress Madeline Ashton, who's gaining more wrinkles than good screen roles. Then there's her former friend, Helen Sharp, who loses her fiance to Madeline and subsequently doubles her weight. Man. She way more than doubled her weight. Mm. But anyway. Finally, there's Madeline's husband, Ernest, a renowned plastic surgeon who spends his nights drunkenly cursing the day he met his wife. Enter a beautiful enchantress who changes their lives and deaths forever. It's a fast-paced romp. Is it fast-paced? That blends groundbreaking special effects with hilarious dark comedy in a film the Chicago Tribune calls diabolically inventive. That really doesn't tell you a whole lot about the movie. No. Just like all these people. Names, names, names. Come watch me. Rent me. I think this movie was so popular. Everyone who was picking it up already knew what it was. Also, you know, you don't hear the word romp applied to movies anymore. Uh, I would bring it back. Could it was a good frolic through the city. Yeah, man. What was the last movie you saw that was a romp, Mark? Couldn't. I don't even know. No, like Avengers? I have no idea. Is that a romp? Oh, that's a romp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, how does this one kick off? It kicks off in 1978, I believe. Uh, it's Broadway. Meryl Streep's character, Madeline, is uh, in a musical. And it kicks off with a huge song and dance number. So I was like, oh, I don't remember this being a musical. It's not. You don't hear any. There's no more song and dance after that. And everybody just getting up and walking out yeah. like right in the middle. It's like, how rude. But was it really that bad? I'm not the musical guy, right? No. Yes. It was that bad? Yes. I didn't. I thought it was exactly what that kind of musical does. So I don't know what folks were expecting, uh, but I think it was meant to be shorthand of like, okay, this lady's career is on a downward trajectory, uh, but there is one fan, one huge fan in the audience, and that is Bruce Willis's character, uh, Ernest. Menville. Uh, and he is just like, oh, I didn't know Madeline was so exceptional. Madeline is the best. He like gives her a standing ovation. He's the only one. He's clapping super loud. Uh, so it turns out he is a huge fan. 
And next to him is Goldie Hawn's character, and he, she's just giving him, like, the dirtiest looks. And this movie has this weird thing where it jumps seven years, like, like every time a new chapter starts. Yes. But they don't really age. Like, Bruce's hairline changes, but they all look basically the same. It's you got to use your imagination, I guess. No, they don't. They look so much worse. The makeup artist makes like Meryl Streep look like she trash. does look much older. Yeah. Well, by the time she's going like she's falling in the pool and she's sitting at, in Esmeralda's fucking super mansion with the juice. Oh, sure. Even before that, the close ups like we were commenting like maybe it was the 90s, but maybe the makeup was just bad back then. No, because when they made her look good, they her skin looked fabulous. Her and Goldie Hawn's skin looked great when they both show up later on, but like they were doing some nasty makeup tricks to make these people look not great beforehand. Well, I'm no dermatologist. <laughs> I didn't notice. Uh, they, I mean, Bruce Willis had the most change, but yeah, I mean, I think some of them are like, they looked a little worse for wear after well, 14 years. Granted, they, they stuck Goldie Hawn in a fat suit. Yeah, right, okay. that was something. <laughs> so now we're backstage and Madeline is in her dressing room and Helen and Ernest come visit her and Ernest is still just fawning, fawning over her. And Helen is like, oh, you know, fucking calm down there. Uh, I didn't realize you had such a thing for Madeline. Uh, I always want to say Albright, but that is not who it was. <laughs> that is a uh, attorney general. So they don't really like each other, right? No, we find out now. So then it cuts again and now... We find out Ernest is going to go to dinner with Madeline. And Helen is like, look, she's a terrible person. She doesn't even like you. She just wants you because she's mine. Uh, she takes all my boyfriends. Uh, I don't know what would happen if she did it again. Uh, I will go, you know, I lose my mind. And Ernest is like, no, nothing is going on between Madeline and me. Cut, and they're getting married. The hardest smash cut. Yeah. <laughs> and they're walking out of the damn church married. And you're like, okay, right on. The, the thing is, is like, okay, right on. <laughs> I mean, what else do you say to that? Why did Helen do this? If this was a track that this has run with every other boyfriend that she's ever had and this has occurred, then why the hell wouldn't she get married first? Well, she explains it. This was the Madeline test. She tells him, I brought you back there to see if you'd pass the Madeline test before we got married. Why is there a Madeline test? Because maybe... Why she did she introduce this test at all? That's what I'm saying. She fucked up. <laughs> because they're friends and they have. she has to know that eventually this is not going to become a problem. They are not friends. They say that they've been friends forever. Well, they've been nah. in the same orbit. <laughs> right. But I'd put them in the same social circles, sure, but they don't like each other. No. Maybe that's what friends were like in the 90s. I don't know. But the, but I think she's <laughs> like, I'd rather just be dumped than divorced. Maybe that was her theory. So, so then it cuts to seven years later, and we see Helen, and she has gained a ton of weight. She's a like a cat person now. She's got like 10 cats just all around this shitty one-room apartment in New York. It's just filthy it is filled with cat food she's eating like icing right from the the jar and she is watching a scene of madeline getting strangled in a movie to death just over and over and over again yeah, she's watching that on repeat till the point where she doesn't even acknowledge that there's banging at her yeah. door she's had it she's got like a a, a post or something propped up <laughs> yeah. so they can't break in it's like the cops coming to evict her out of this yeah. shitty one-room apartment. Um, this is a great scene. This is For me, this is probably the best part of the movie. Really It's just watching her want to continuously watch that VHS loop of her friend getting murdered on screen as the cops drag her away. Where did they... Do they take her straight to the insane asylum? Like, where does it go from that to her being, like, yeah. put away? I guess that's the next thing is they 
drag her into one floor over the cuckoo's nest. Because uh, <laughs> the next very next scene is her in like a group circle and with a therapist and the lady's like we haven't heard from you in a while is there um anything you'd like to talk about with the group yes i would like to talk about madeline So she's been there for a long time yeah. where all the patients are just like, I've had enough of this shit too. You're making me crazy. <laughs> uh, and then the doctor takes Helen into her office and just starts screaming at her, which sounds, I don't think that's what therapists are supposed to do. They've had enough, man. Yeah. I guess it's some tough love. And she's like, you need to eliminate Madeline. And I think she meant to say like from your thought, but she's like, you're right. I do need to eliminate Madeline. Helen is a damaged individual. Big time. Do you think that this would be enough to derail somebody this hard? So a little bit of the backstory to Helen is she's trying to become a writer. She's in the same circle as actresses. Do you think it's a bit of a stretch to say that she's an overweight living in a one bedroom apartment at this point of her life for seven years? Yeah. I mean, she seemed to be teetering in 1978, right? Because she was like, if this happens to me again, I don't know how I will handle it. So I think it's like the cumulative effect of what must have been a lifetime of uh, Madeline just shitting all over Helen. And it took seven years of her to be just so laser focused on this woman and then her therapist to say, you got to stop focusing on her to get your life back. Well, well she her, got her therapist didn't say... You need to get over this woman. Like she said, well, you that's need to, what like, she was saying. Yeah. But she interpreted it as I must go kill Madeline. Yeah. All right? she needs someone to say is go kill Madeline. So. Yeah, I mean, the threat is, it, it's very tenuous. I get what you're <laughs> saying. Uh, but the good news is the movie spends no time on this because now it is seven years later. And Madeline waking up and she's gotten an invite for Helen's book release party. I yeah. think, right. Is that what's going on? Yes. And we find out that her and Ernest are, are uh, having marital problems because she tells her maid, like, I don't think Ernest got up early and made his side of the bed. She's like, no, he slept upstairs in his room or whatever, his little laboratory. Which means passing out on the floor drunk. Yep. Throwing scapels at a bullseye board or Not a dartboard. Well. Yeah. He's not good uh, at it. No, but you know what? That's Schrodinger's knife throwing. <laughs> One of my first like really laugh out loud moments is when the maid goes to wake up Ernest. He's like, ah, oh. and she's like holding, I guess, uh, like a Bloody Mary or yeah, something. But why a Bloody Mary? Like, what is the deal with that? That's like in every movie. It's it's um it's supposed to be a hangover cure. What do they call it? Hair of the dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But why? What What's in it? It's Bloody an Mary. Acceptable it's way to drink other in the than morning. Celery piece. Vodka, salt, tomato juice. Um, sometime a good Wooster sauce. Yeah. That would just make you throw up though. Like, why would you drink that? The alcohol, it, cause you're not just getting the flavor of the alcohol. It's masking it very heavily with the tomato juice and the Worcestershire sauce. Worcester, it's, it's either Wooster or Wooster. Who knows? The point is they're gross yeah. and I get it. I would, I fucking Just take a shot and eat some toast. You, in, you introduce a little more alcohol to your body, which kind of levels the drunk in again yeah. and the hangover subsides mm. a little bit. If you're going to okay. drink in the morning, have a good mimosa. That does not work for me. I'm about to say, I'm not buying it. That sounds uh, like bullshit. But well, that's she, the theory behind yes. it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, but I agree with you, Garrett. It, 
no thank you uh so she and she's like oh he's like uh oh, an angel and she's like oh you're so nice he's like not you and he grabs the drink uh yeah that was hilarious yeah that was, <laughs> i was like all right bruce willis i see you but he's no longer a plastic surgeon now no now at some point he decided he was going to be a mortician or not even a mortician just the guy who dresses up the bodies yes so he i guess where does that career path happen hmm. how does that happen he was like the number one in the field right yeah mr menville he, they never Dr. explain, right, which is also why Madeline, I think, was interested in him because... The utilitarian Right. Oh, uh, Mary, a plastic surgeon. Right. And he'll keep me young. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why... He, they don't ever really address why he makes that shift. Well, they show, like, his hand shaking, so I was wondering if maybe he started to have nerves, nerve yeah, issues, well, you know? He says, he says she broke him down. She's like, you've, you've like, belittled me and, you mm -hmm. know... Just basically like she's, just, we're supposed to understand that he's been like broken from top to bottom by choosing Madeline. Okay. I, I so buy it. His descent into uh, spray painting dead bodies, <laughs> which apparently he's great at too. He's the best. So then which I don't find it to be a problem. Yeah. That person's dead. You, spray paint the fuck out of that body. You'd be able to do that? Yeah. 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 No problem. No, I'm just saying like the, the lady who gets mad, she's yeah. like, how dare you spray paint? It's like. Who the fuck cares? They're dead. They look great. Oh, sure. Her outrage was ridiculous. We, what did she expect him to say? She's like, oh, you did such a great job on my grandmother or whatever. And he's like, oh, let me tell you how I did it. And she's like, oh, <laughs> like, lady, what did you think was going to happen here? I used the paint of Christ. Like, yeah. no, it's fucking spray paint. It's going to be regular ass fucking product. Yeah. Let me tell you what. A lot of gross ass shit happens to your body when you're dead. So if, if that right off the bat uh, set her off, wait till she finds out that they injected her with formaldehyde and took out organs and are you guys going to have an open casket when you're gone uh i have well if you have the chance to yeah. decide right uh <laughs> i don't i've told my wife uh many times that i do not give a shit i will just be an empty vessel at that point so do whatever she wants just cremation yeah that's what i was Honestly, I just cremate me it's probably it's so cheaper. cheaper so much cheaper yeah yeah, which I, I just assume my wife will outlive me because she's much healthier than i am <laughs> viking funeral in my bathtub okay done yeah dig yeah. it yeah all right, we can get a uh, like a bag a bagpipe band. Okay, play a nice tune. Love it. Uh, except Vikings were not Scottish. Whatever. <laughs> what uh, do they play? What do Vikings play? Uh, I don't know. Violas, I mandolins. Don't... I don't know. I have no idea. Probably not bagpipes, though. Okay. So, yeah, like Mark said, they talk about going to see Ma uh, Helen, and and Madeline wants to go because she's like. Uh, I can't wait to see how shitty Helen is doing. Uh, I feel so much better about myself by comparing myself to how terrible Helen is. I don't understand that aspect of people's lives when they want somebody like that in their lives. Uh, I think that is unfortunately how seemingly the majority of people live that they don't, they just want to see other people suffer. And that makes them happy. They want to get one up on the Johnsons. Yeah. They okay. just want to know that they are better than other people. I don't understand it either. Just live your own life. But uh, they're called Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to dance around it. But yes, it that doesn't is, affect me. <laughs> fuck you. That is exactly it. They just want to. Sorry. I don't. I just I that shit drives me nuts. It sucks. Yeah. Why? That's not a way to live your life. You stick to what you do. 
and just focus yeah, Madeline, on get your shit together. God damn. I mean, it. I think this movie touch <laughs> explains though why people are this way is because they're very unhappy in their own lives. If you are satisfied with your life, you don't give a shit about what other people are doing because you're just happy. You're doing your own thing. But Madeline is very unhappy with her own life, so she wants to go see well, someone who's Madeline's even more unhappy, unhappy with herself. Right, with her aging, I should say. Good point. With herself in general, like mm. she can't love herself. So making making knowing that other people are are worse off than her can justify you know her feeling yeah. really good. Her whole identity is wrapped around her appearance. Yep. And what she looks like, and that's why I was saying it's nice to be an average looking Joe like myself who doesn't have to worry about that shit. And also the added benefit of all those people that do care about this shit as they get older, they start to go down on the chart <laughs> and they start to even out with me. There you go. <laughs> when we're all 50, we're all old. I will say they needed, they probably needed to work a little bit harder to make Meryl Streep unattractive. Uh, I mean, they did it, you know, they put Goldie Hawn in that, that fat suit. Like they just like, Look, I think Meryl Streep may have actually taken this fucking vial of potion because she <laughs> looks great today. Yeah. So, but yeah, Meryl Streep's just like, oh, I'm getting, you know, I'm old. And so she then goes to her new plastic surgeon and she's like, I need a whole new like 72 step facelift. And they're like, you, you were just here <laughs> yeah. three weeks ago. You can only do this every six months. It's too hard on the body. She's yeah. Like, the fake French accent. Yeah, like uh, I was like, lady. this feels like a stereotype. Like one hundred. Oh, yeah, no, she was very much the French lady at the bimbo. front desk. The lady at the front desk with the see-through outfit. That mm -hmm. lady had a legit accent. The lady who was all like, "Oh, but Monsieur, we cannot do this." I was like, "Oh, tone it down." Yeah, it was a and bit then like much. fancy Yanish comes in. He's like. Hello. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> now is this guy with the weird eye twitch? Yes. Yeah. What was twitch. that about? So he's dead. Well, no, he's not dead, but his body's he had an accident. He's taking the potion. Remember, he's the MC Right, no, I got end. that, but I didn't know if what the eye twitch represented. You gotta take care of your body. You he fucked up his eye somehow. That's why every time he touched it, he kinda like looks sad. He was kinda mm. like, oh yeah. my eye. That twitch was something though, man. Uh, it it's was tense. <laughs> it was Yanish, that's right. <laughs> it wasn't actually Yanish, no, but, but it was like same same vet. Uh very nice baby. Beverly Hills Yanish. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> I'm in. Let's go. So then uh, he's like, All right, look, uh, there's a special special lady with a special card I can hand you. It's a very select group of people that go to this person for work. I'll let you go there, but you got to keep it on the down low. Yeah. You know? It's very secretive. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. And then he, she like tears the card and throws yeah. it in her purse and like, whatever. I don't need this crap. God, right. I'd love if it was a fight club situation. <laughs> what <laughs> what if they just beat just Meryl Streep's Meryl fight Street club? just <laughs> comes in with fucking like hand wraps. It's like, I'm going to beat the fuck. I want to destroy something beautiful. Mm. There you go. Yes. It works. Love it. No, what I don't. Only if she beats the shit out of Jared Leto though. Okay. I'm okay. down. Yeah. Because that's not? who gets his ass beaten that movie. Jared Leto would make a great eye twitching creepy doctor. <laughs> right. uh, He's already creepy. Yeah. Uh, what I don't understand is why she would tear the card in half and then throw it in her purse. Why would you put garbage in your purse? If you're going to keep the card, then just keep it in one piece. Well, the movie, she has to find it later. Yeah. I mean, it you is, know I mean? you know, for the film, but it just seems yes. anyway. Should have gone in the waste bin. Right. I also liked how the doctor just magically appears on the sofa. That was. Oh, he was just brought behind the, the bimbo French lady. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was like. You don't know she's a bimbo. She could have been very intelligent. Okay, She's fair. going to night school. I'm not talking about the actress. Oh, okay. I'm talking about the, <laughs> the character. character. Yeah. So then they go to Goldie Hawn, or sorry, Helen's book signing. And they, Helen has wrote like a, a weight loss. A how to be how to be pretty book. Like basically like it's a health. It's some fucking health, uh, uh, health improvement book. Self-help book. Yeah. One of those. Well, it's supposed to be like how to look young and how to like, you know, stay in shape. It's one of those books. Yeah. Okay. 
Magic, apparently, is the answer. Is that chapter 12? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they walk in. Helen's wearing this overcoat, and she looks big, and, and uh, Madeline's like, fucking hey, I knew I was doing better than well, that's her. somebody else. Oh, was it somebody Yeah, there's else? a very large person turned uh, around, and she's like, there's old fat. <laughs> I feel better about myself already. Uh, and then the, the big person moves out of the way, and you see this very slender Goldie Hawn in a red dress, you know, just lighting up the room. And she's like, oh, my God. And she gets closer to her, and then she starts to turn away to run away. Yeah. And then Goldie Hawn's like, Meredith, oh, nope, my like, friend. She's like, Madeline. <laughs> oh, sorry. Street Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> M names. Obviously, Ernest is just fucking, he's gone all cartoon wolf, jaw on the ground, eyes two feet from his head. Not really. That would have been a great scene, though. Play into the cartoon. I just don't know why you guys haven't asked the question yet. Fuck, Mary kill. Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, oh. Goldie Hawn. Go. Oh, easy. Mary Bruce Willis. Guy's a gangster. So funny. Fuck, Goldie Hawn. I guess kill Meryl Streep. Wow. Wow. I'd switch your uh, marry and fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I'd marry Meryl Streep. She seems like a very interesting lady. She seems terrible. Not oh, oh, characters or actors. Oh, sorry. Yes, I assume you mean. I assume you mean the characters in the movie. Yeah, you guys' choice. I was doing the actors. Okay, actors. Not keep them the same. No, I have no idea. I wouldn't kill any of them because I have no idea what they are in real life. Garrett. Oh, I got to play. Well, you, yeah. Okay. Well, real simple. Marry Bruce Willis. Okay, so you're, right. there, you're yeah. in line with John here. And then Kurt Russell has been with Goldie Hawn for a long time. She's got to be a stone cold freak to keep that going. That's so true. I'm fucking Goldie Hawn. And Meryl Streep, let's be honest. If we're going by the movie, she's old. She's on her way out anyway. She's mean. Wow. Yeah. Didn't know you guys hated Meryl Streep so much. Oh, we hate Meryl Streep. Big uh, time. Yeah. yeah. I got you, Meryl. <laughs> I got you back. <laughs> if there's an anti-Streep fan club... Which there is. It's because we are the president and co-president. Annie Streep. <laughs> Auntie Streep. Uh, then we'll ha- okay, so then, uh, you know, they do some bullshit, in, and then eventually Helen goes, you know, gets... Uh, they do some bullshit. Literally <laughs> says, like, seven years later, they do some bullshit said, on the screen. I meant to say bullshitting. You know, they just start all talking, uh, and then eventually she gets... Uh, well, it's a complete reverse, right? So in earlier, yeah. Meryl Streep's character, Meredith, was just, you know, dogging, you know, passive aggressively Madeline. on, what did I say? <laughs> Meredith. There is no do, Meredith in this look, movie. Look, I think our audience knows that we cannot do names. Wrong name talk is what we're Madeline. Madeline has been passive aggressively dogging Helen their entire lives. Yeah. But now Helen has upper hand and she's making wise crack and sly jokes against Mer- uh, B- B- Madeline. Madeline. Uh, <laughs> but she gets him. She eventually gets him on their own. Right. So she tells Madeline, she goes, listen, I never blamed you. Ernest was an asshole. It was definitely not your fault. I am so happy that you're doing well. Just two fucking thumbs up. Keep up the great work love you. Then she goes to Ernest and she's like, I never blamed you. Uh, this was all Madeline's fault. She's a terrible woman. Uh, you deserved better. You're just a guy. Like you're just a man. It is natural that you would do this kind of bullshit. Uh, and he's like, yeah, that's totally right. You got preyed upon son. Yeah. I am the victim here. (laughs) (laughs) So really y'all saw Meryl Sheets Bustier in that first scene, though. Let's be honest. Mm, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to be made of stone. No, Ernest was not. Now Madeline is ego is 
bruised. So she's like, I know what to do. I'm going to go to my hot young stud of a, uh, what do they call him? Uh, my adultery. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay. John's an old man in this game. Garrett, this concept is so foreign to John. He doesn't even know the words for it. Well, it's mistress if it's a girl. Is your, it? wife, your wife listening right now is like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> clearly. Uh, it's mistress if it's a girl. Is it? What's it if it's a guy? Or is it mistress Mister? if it's both? Boy toy. Her boy toy. Okay, I like that. So Madeline's ego is bruised she's like i'm going to my young boy toy that'll make me feel better so she goes to his house knocks on the door he opens it up and there's a young woman there with well him. he tries to make an excuse and she goes if you're gonna lie lie to me quickly and he goes i'm, I'm trying <laughs> I, oh I, his lies were so great so he goes uh she's a friend of the guy who was here too and he can't think of any he's on the spot yeah, yeah he's gonna have to learn he really crumbled under the slightest bit of pressure. And then Madeline sees the uh, the hot girl yeah. inside, sees like her butt ass naked in the mirror and is like, yo, she looks way better than me. And to be fair, if I was getting cheated on and I saw that, I'd be like, damn. And of damn. course, the guy goes right for the jugular. Yeah, he's got to get his digs in as she walks away. He's like, what about me? Okay, let me tell you about how rough this is. People laugh. They say, why don't you go with someone your own age? Uh, so think about how terrible this whole situation is for me. I was like, okay, wow, you're a dick. And it starts raining right on top of yeah. metal. On cue. <laughs> She's lost it all. She's at rock bottom, if you will. She finds that torn up card in her purse. Well, she drives through the rain like a maniac to Beverly Hills with her car with windshield wipers on the headlights, yeah. which evidently was a really fancy car thing back in the day that I don't remember, but I laughed my ass off. I, I remember seeing those when I was a kid being like, one day I'm going to have a car. As that if has, light can't penetrate water. Yeah, I don't know. If anything, that's probably even more distracting than not having them, which is probably why they don't exist anymore. How do you want to display that you have wealth without saying it? <laughs> yeah. This is it. Are you tasteless? Don't worry. Your car will <laughs> let people know. Yeah, she does not drive. And then she just slams on her brakes right in the middle of the highway. Classic Madeline. Yeah. And she almost gets rear-ended, but thankfully the guy behind her, or person. Uh, or stunt <laughs> driver. Yeah. Uh, excellent driver. Man, just to swerve out of the way. And then she finds that card, and she's like, I know what to do. Uh, then Goldie Hawn cuts to Helen practicing... I, like acting like I need to talk to Madeline. So she, she's trying to practice being distraught. This wasn't good acting. No, well, but it was supposed, was supposed to be. To be yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, which I always think is probably really hard for an actor to have to act bad acting. True. That's got to be very challenging. You got to be a good actress to pull this off. I would agree. Uh, and Goldie Hawn nails it. Uh, so then Helen goes to Ernest's house and she's like, oh, you know, she plays that role. I need to talk to ha uh, Madeline. And Nurse is like, Madeline's not here. She goes, good. And throws her umbrella and walks in. Is this the part where she goes, she like falls into Ernest's arms and goes, ask me to leave. And he goes, you just got here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh boy. And uh, Ernest is drunk. Ernest has, has drinks that are the size of like my fucking Kool-Aid glasses. Like it is insane. How, How big, big are your Kool-Aid glasses? As big as that drink. <laughs> Huge. Kool-Aid, milk, you name it. Yeah. Anything other than water itself. I'm drinking <laughs> by the gallons. The big gulp cups. Look, yeah. look at my apple juice cup right here. I don't fuck around. Why even waste time business. with small cups? What's the point? What are you a small cup for? There's Man. nothing worse than getting a drink and then being like still thirsty and then be like, I got to go make another drink. Yeah. Just make a big drink out Red the gate and you're good. Redick, I'm with you. Life hacks, come yeah. to us. 
We got them. Uh, listeners, go find all your small glasses. Just throw them away. Yeah, you don't need them. <laughs> don't need them. Get some big ones. 64 ounces or more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I save all my big gulp cups. That's what I drink from. <laughs> Everything is big gulp. I have the line of 7-Eleven cups yeah. here. <laughs> you want to know how I'm rich? Look at my That's cups. That's right. That's how I'm going to get rich uh, when I'm immortal. Once 7-Eleven <laughs> goes out of business, I'll have the market cornered on big gulps. I like it. So go, uh, Helen is laying it on thick to Ernest. She, he is, she is like, oh, I just am so still in love with you. And I understand why you went to Madeline. It's because I couldn't tell you how sexy you were because I was not the kind of woman who could say sexy back then. And then she says sexy like 50 times. Yeah. Uh, sex, sexual, sexy. Yeah. Se- it was just like, okay, we get it. Uh, and Ernest <laughs> just like melting here. Yeah. Now, what is um, Helen's ultimate goal? Like uh, she wants to get Madeline murdered. Yeah. But after that, is she going to stay with Ernest or is she just using him? So I think it can go one of two ways, depending on how it plays out. She gets Ernest back and she's like, I won. I am the winner because I killed Madeline and I stole her man. Just like she stole the man from me or uh, everything goes wrong. And she's like, all right, I can frame Ernest and uh, fuck both of them because now I'm the winner. Madeline's dead and Ernest is in jail. Did the movie ever hint at which option they were going to go with? I think it was leaning toward one because when uh, Madeline does die, oh, we think that she dies. Uh, and Ernest calls Helen. She goes, "No, she dies." What? Yeah, that's right. Fair enough. She goes, "What part of the plan was this?" You're right. She's still sticking around yeah. and kind of like, "I got to help play cleanup." Exactly. No, she wanted him back. Okay. She wanted Ernest back. So that's I, interesting because yeah. it takes two to dance. And it wasn't just Madeline. Is that, that the phrase? It, it takes two to tango, you mean? <laughs> I mean, you can dance by yourself. That's what Billy Isle taught You can us. leave your friends behind. You can, yeah. That's you can. the safety dance. <laughs> There's all kinds of dancing. But anyway, like it was also Ernest's, he helped get Helen into that psychosis. Yes. You know what I mean? But I don't think it was, I don't think it's that she wants Ernest. She wants what Madeline has. Oh, Envy, yes, that kind of thing. Okay, she so wants to take this man from regardless Ernest. of her feelings, if they exist at all, for Ernest. Right. She wants it because it's Madeline's. Exactly, he is Madeline's. Bingo. Okay, got it. Uh, so then she tells him the plan, and this was such a great scene because uh, she's like, "All right, here's what we're gonna do. You are going to poison." All of the wine glasses, one of each. I'm going to call Madeline, get her to invite me over. Madeline's going to drink one of these wine glasses and pass out from the poison. She, I like, she has her priority straight. She says, we are going to finish dinner. <laughs> uh, Mama's hungry. Yeah. Uh, they were going to put Madeline in the car, drive the car to a cliff. And you watch the whole thing. Yes. It's a fantasy scenario that's taking place on screen as she describes it. It's really one of the top-notch scenes of the movie. We're going to pour alcohol all over the car, and they pour, like in the scene, there's just a comical amount of alcohol. It's like 30 bottles. Yeah. Car is just dripping. We'll drive it over the edge. It'll go over the edge. It'll crash. It'll explode. The police will come. Uh, they'll be like, oh, another drunk driver. And then they hold up like uh, Madeline's charred arm <laughs> and still got like the clothes on it, her bracelet. They're like, 0. .40, she had it coming. And you and I will live happily ever after. And Ernest is like, about that. He does not engage immediately. He's But he is quick to get on board with the plan. When the time comes. It's minutes. He decides right then. And then she comes home and he's like, time to go. 
Like he just strays from the plan immediately. Well, I don't think he originally, because I think he says like, uh, I don't know that I want to kill her. You're not wrong, but the resistance to commit murder was light. Well, all right. We're going to get there in like five minutes. But if you are teetering on life or death, just don't be a dick for five seconds until the person you want to save you it saves you because uh, the reason he pushes her is she's like, hurry up, you flaccid dick or whatever. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you. Poop. Well, let's describe the scene. So first, so Madeline then goes to Isabella Rosalini's house. What's her character's name? Lyle oh. Von Ruman. I've got voodoo titty princess. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I didn't right. know she had a name. So she goes to VTP's house <laughs> and it is, you know, she's greeted by all of these like uh, model-esque men. Uh, voodoo titty princess is like one of those songs that would have been written by Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> It's got to be a Ween song somewhere. <laughs> okay, yeah. Ween would have done it for yeah, sure. There you go. These it, guys have like Tony Little level like workout oh yeah. outfits. Can we yeah. talk about her help? Lyle Von Ruman's fucking help who all looks like they came out yeah. of the American Gladiators. One of them is Fabio. <laughs> I had to be like, oh, you're right. I was like, is that fucking Fabio? And I looked up on IMDb and it is. But he had like black hair, right? I know he was Fabio. He it was, was just, just regular, regular old Fabio. It was, it was stock 90s Fabio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. pre-bird <laughs> Fabio. Um, I was like, well, God, then they did the right thing. They gave him no lines. He Perfect. was just in the background being Fabio. These, yeah, these are, these guys look like they walked straight out of an 80s hair yeah. metal band or... Like all shirtless. Uh, they're all wearing like suit bottoms with suspenders and no shirt. Do you think they've all taken the vial? Yes. Every, even the help? Yes. Must okay. have. Does the help... Does the oh. vial... Okay, question. All right, okay. let's just get there. They're going to be... She's going to be presented with a vial that will keep you young, for young as long as possible. And she's like, how old are you? I'm 71. You'll never age another day and it'll actually start to reverse some yes. of the aging process. Right. At first, she's like, I don't want to take it. And then she even writes down the price for yeah. it. And she's like, I'm leaving. And she's I like, fucking hate this in movies. When they <laughs> write down something and show it to someone, they're like, oh, that seems fair or no. And it's like, just fucking tell them the price. There's no reason to write something down and then slide it across the table when you're talking to someone in negotiations. Yeah. Just say the damn price. I think it's etiquette. If there's too many zeros, you don't get to say it aloud. It's like Voldemort. You don't say his name. That's what Shouldn't they call words like trillion and <laughs> yeah. million. We didn't create these words to not say these yeah. words. You're not like one zero 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 zero. We have words to handle this. Do you say the comma. Oh, that's true. Yeah. One comma zero <laughs> zero. Uh, yeah. And then when she finds out that uh, VTP is 70, she's like, sign me up. Do you take check? Well, first she's like, ah, da, 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 and takes her hand and pricks her finger oh. and then drops some of the vial juice on her finger and watch her liver spots disappear. She screams. Doesn't just prick her hand. She stabs her like a, I laughed like out a, loud like a Chucky went, doll. Bam. I was like, whoa. And Madeline's like, ah, what are you nuts? <laughs> it was an unnecessary scream for that small, that, that I laughed at I mean, that. no one's expecting to get stabbed by a voodoo titty princess. She was holding a knife. <laughs> no, she slid it in her little like side hip. Oh, maybe it was with Ernest when, cause he does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. She had that knife in her sarong or whatever the hell she's wearing. <laughs> underneath all the necklaces. Can we describe her outfit? She has like a, like a lace like skirt on that's completely see-through. It's like a like a piece of lace that's been tied around her like right hip. Okay. She's got maybe underwear on. You never really get to fully see. And then she's got like a bedazzled chest. It's supposed to look like a necklace where it's kind of like a big like kind of crescent moon shape that goes over her breast. But like it's all these little gems. And she pulls one of the gems off and puts it on um, Madeline's like 
lapel off this necklace thing. So I was like, dude, are, you, are these all just made out of pins? Are these all brooches? I guess they have that many clients on a given week, yeah. you know? So th- they, that's that the, party at the end was packed. It was. And, but that, that is the mark of you've taken the vial. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the wink mm-hmm. and nod to the rest of the immortals. Yeah, do, do you think she ha- has an Etsy store? Do you think, she, see, I had so many questions about this process because the okay. vial, let's, right. let's talk about this vial. Okay? okay. So the first thing is, is she has this little like Fabergé egg thing with a sword in it, like a little like, like dagger. It's in like it. a coffin. Yeah. There's like a coffin that she opens. She takes those daggers out to reveal this Russian egg. This it's astonishing. Egg. Yeah. It's like an Egyptian. It's got like an onk on it. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. And there's like this little Fabergé egg. And then she like taps the top of it and it like opens up. Mm-hmm. And inside is like a dark crystal like, and the power of the source, the crystal. It's like the globe from the Spencer's gift all in liquid in a bottle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a glow stick and a, and a, and a beautiful glass crystal. Now, did um, you see that there are people in this vial? Yes, there's faces and shit. What was that about? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's it souls, would flash bro. Like, oh. It's souls. So how are they harvesting this pink this juice? This is my question. How do they harvest this? How are they refilling this? Because everyone gets the same glass vial out of the same egg. So when she puts it back in the egg, is it refilling from the egg? Does she have like a cask downstairs that she goes and refills it, but just puts one vial in for presentation purposes only? Like maybe she's sucking the essence out of dying middle management. And then when they take the cap off of it, there's like this like purple, like pink smoke that comes out of it. And that's where you can see faces in it and shit like too. So is it a gas? Is it a liquid? Like also if it's like gassing up that way where it has to escape when you open it, that thing's pressurized. That crystal is going to crack. Crystal cannot handle pressurization. Well, like it's that. magical crystal. So let's, we could take that one off the table. This is the power of magic. Maybe this is like Q said, how the Hollywood elite is sucking all the blood out of baby virgin people. Are you talking about QAnon? Yeah. Oh, God, our podcast is getting They're replacing their blood so because, uh, with baby's when, blood. When you said Q, I thought James Bond. I, I thought like, James Bond, too. Yeah. I was like, I would love a Q. I was like, ah, Mr. Bond, this is what we're going to do. You took that Q over next generation Q. Yeah, actually, when, oh, when okay. you just said Sucka. Q at random, I thought Bond Q. QAnon, anyway. Okay. That's where they got this. Uh, this, this, this Perhaps, uh, you know what? Now they're going to. Conspiracy. Gonna, they're gonna. This is. They're gonna go watch this movie and probably like read into. There's the proof. Zemeckis. He's uh, one of them. If our he's a lizard listener person. count shoots up, we got a real Q problem on our hands. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. If you expect me to go stand out at Delaney Plaza waiting for JFK Jr. to come back, uh, you got another thing coming, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so the the vial is a mystery unto itself. And I'm glad they don't explain it. Cause it does like add that mystique of like, Ooh, what is this? But yeah, when I saw the faces, I was like, I need to know more. Well, that like, was the most curious not, part. Sh- you can't not tell me what this is. I'm on board for your peak light, pink lightning juice. But when you start flashing human faces in and I'm like, okay, now I need to know. Well, and then they say, and then she says like, you know, like, and she drinks it. So Meryl Streep is like, fuck yeah. After she sees the hand thing happen, she's down. like, yo, I'm fucking in. She drinks this shit. And then like voodoo titty princess is like, Oh, by the way, there's a catch, which of course we knew was coming, but always ask that question before you take any magic potion. Well, even Period. Madeline's like, you're going to say that now. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Now a warning. But again, that's just dumb shit on her part. Like you should know anytime you're about to drink a magic potion, ask about the side effects or the catches up front. Sure. You want to know about them. Yes. Um, basically tells her like, you can be an actress for another 10 years, but then you have to kind of silently go away. Like that's the deal because people will start to question you if you stay in the limelight too long and you still look young. Yeah. Can't have it. 
Mm-hmm. It'd be weird. Really weird. Yeah. Which also raises a couple other points that I have a problem with. Because, like, she basically is like, you can't be young and then, like, you know, like, forever because it'll blow the cover off of it. So after a certain time, you have to disappear before it finally starts to seem awkward. But at the party at the end, there's famous people there. There's, like, Elvis. There's Marilyn Monroe. There's James Dean, mm-hmm. who was, like, in his 20s. So... The thing is, is like, what, at 20, does she like, James, you got a year and then you got to go fucking kill yourself? No, like, that's no, just dumb. Uh, he faked it. That was, uh, I think that's what all this, all those people who famously died no, 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 was I a know. fake. They, they right? faked their death, but why you. would he fake his death after like only like a year of success? <laughs> you know, like, Here's, I had a good year. I'm out, baby. The car crash was real uh, and he had a fade out because they were like, there's no way James Dean could have survived that. Oh, okay. All right. I like that head cannon. It's better than my head cannon on this. <laughs> yeah, he lost his head. No, but okay. I mean, Jim Morrison was like, he wasn't even close enough to be old enough to be like, I should disappear before they catch on that I'm, you know, too, too young. Like, no, dude. Right. You were like in your early thirties, yeah. bro. You had at least another 10 years of being Jim Morrison and looking young before you had to like actually go away. Yeah. So listeners, the last act of the movie takes place at a party that, uh, Lisa Von Titties, uh, uh, voodoo lady princess, has a party for her clients. So it's everybody that's immortal. It's like this giant society-esque type party at the end of the movie. Oh, man, if they shunted, that'd be so yeah. weird. Oh, wow. That'd <laughs> everyone, be a Everyone wants to see Andy Warhol shunt. Oh, God, no. <laughs> that's where the purple or the pink juice comes from. It was also funny that like every single one of these famous people would be still wearing their iconic clothing. Like Elvis shows up in his shades and his white fucking jumpsuit. Like Marilyn Monroe is wearing that famous dress that she had on. And like Jimmy Dean... Uh, it's not Jimmy Dean. I, I laughed so loud. Come back so to loud. the farm, come home, Jimmy like, Dean, Jimmy Dean. I was like, hey, Bruce Willis just stole Jimmy Dean's car. I was like, that's the sausage man. <laughs> James Dean is what I meant. Yes. Um, but it was just like, okay, I don't think they'd all still be wearing the same clothes, now, but it was you, for the audience. Right? Who would be in the party now in the remake? Well, let me ask you a quick question, Mark. How long have you known me? Quite a while, right? Over 10 years. And how many days out of those 10 years have you seen me wear a sleeveless fat records hoodie? Okay, you're right. You're right. You <laughs> look the same <laughs> the whole time. When you find a look that works, you, you just stick, stick with yeah. it. But if you're trying to be inconspicuous. Well, they're not. This is like their yearly gala. Oh, do you think Elvis pretends to be a personator of himself? Well, he got in trouble. <gasps> He's hanging yeah, out in he Vegas. He got scolded. Yeah. He got scolded Did by he? Beverly Hills Yana. She's like, and those of you who have committed your deaths, remember, you cannot randomly pop up. It's not cool. Yeah. And then they basically like panda like Elvis and he's like what, what do you want yeah you everyone like, like splits oh, cool. yeah that's pretty much <laughs> what he says uh, so yeah Elvis got in trouble for popping up but I remember do. Elvis kept popping up in all the like star yeah the you're stars. right like Elvis spotted you know I like, forgot that was, that that was going on in the 90s like, that was Elvis a totally 90s joke yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll tell you and who would have thought though the weekly world news if that was still around would be a legit newspaper now Bat Boy yeah Bat Boy would be people at that party people s- probably still believe in Bat Boy I'll tell you right <laughs> people right now are into Bat Boy Current day celebrities, we'd probably have like uh, Dane Cook. Yeah. Amy Winehouse. <laughs> Amy Winehouse. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Dane Cook's not dead, by the way. He's just way past his prime. Oh, okay. I thought he died <laughs> and I hadn't heard about it. So I was like, all right, fair enough. I Bowie, think David of, Bowie. Oh, yeah. David Bowie would be at the Michael party. Jackson. David Bowie was pushing. He, he, David Bowie, if he was part of this, would have gotten in trouble. But like, dude, <laughs> seriously. It's been too long. You have to leave. Go now. He's like, they still think I'm alive. Ground control to Major Tom. Yeah. Uh, uh, All right. Rewinding the movie some. Uh, She takes the potion. She goes home. Well, before she leaves, she looks in the mirror and she's like, I don't look any younger. I should be seeing some better results. And then we get this awesome scene where it's kind of like, 
cartoon music plays as a woman's butt firms up, her tits bounce into place and go. They were just short of making like whoopee cushion sounds as they sucked in or like, you know, letting an air out of a balloon. But this is the point of the movie where you can tell they actually did Meryl Streep's makeup correctly. Because before this, they were definitely caking that shit on and making her look a little like off. Because mm-hmm. when they did close-ups, when they were like, when she was talking to Ernest early on, their makeup looked gross. And then after this, man, they looked fucking beautiful. And this is how Meryl Streep looks outside of like movies. Like, so I was like, oh, they purposely made her look bad earlier in this film because she looked fabulous. Mm-hmm. You're right. No, I, I it. maybe I was just so used to modern day Meryl Streep. So when she was on screen, I was like, oh, well, sure, she looks the like thing that. thing is, I, I Googled yeah. like modern day Meryl Streep. I was like, well, maybe I'm just seeing like makeup Meryl Streep and I think she looks better. No, she still looks that fucking good. I was like, yo, they had to fuglify these people. <laughs> and Mamma Mia Meryl Streep. Mamma Mia. <laughs> Fuglify is a new term. <laughs> so what happens next? Uh, Madeline goes home, and now they are both worked up, right? Ernest is is on high alert because of. Uh, can we talk about? Can we talk about when Madeline goes home and Goldie Hawn is out in front, like maybe five feet away from oh, her God. gate, standing on top of her car oh, with binoculars? Later, yeah. Okay, she, she's dressed in all black and a black beret. I was like, come on. That's Under funny. a streetlight, completely lit, five <laughs> feet away from the gate where people drive in and out, and she's just like, I'm incognito. And I was like, no, you're not. She's a great <laughs> gate climber, though. I'll tell you that. I wish they'd been playing that Ren and Stimby song. Dun, 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 dun. It's like she's sneaking yeah, into the house. That would have been great. Uh, it was a little bit before Ren and Stimby's time, though. Yes. Ernest is like, look, I'm leaving. You're a terrible person. I hate you. Uh, You've ruined my life. I used to be awesome, and now I'm with you, and you're just a trash. And Meryl (laughs) Meryl Streep is like, let me tell you a thing about you. You are flaccid. And that's the only word I know. Well, he calls her cheap. He does call her cheap. that is a trigger word for Meryl Streep. Big time. At that point, she's like, you flaccid, son. Yeah. Well, Goldie Hawn spilled the beans or reified that he already knew about her uh, adultery. Everyone, she's cheating on him. And uh, who are we supposed to root for in this movie? Nobody. No, no, these are all terrible people. That that is probably my underlying issue with this movie is I had nobody I cared about. I do love the fact that I hate everyone equally. So I didn't have to be like, I really dislike that person. I could be like, oh, yeah, they're all kind of trash, huh? Yeah, these are just three bad people and bad things happen to them. And yeah, she just like says the word flaccid like 50 times. Ernest snaps and he starts strangling her. At the edge of the stairs. Yeah. and he Marble stairs. He brings her to the edge of the stairs. He's strangling her. He lets go. Because he realizes like, oh shit, I should not be strangling her. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Madeline, continuing in the cartoon logic of this universe, is somehow balancing perfectly like on the middle of her foot on these stairs and it isn't falling back. Can't lean forward. She's treading water more or less, but in air, my number one, least believable part. Sure. You can be an immortal zombie, but my number one, least believable part, (laughs) not the hole in gold. No, 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 no. Buying the premise, but you lost me on the physics. This is the moment where the Looney Tunes theme song kicks in. Yes. Like the next 30 minutes of this movie is pure Looney Tunes. Because um, we'll get to when fucking Madeline uses the shotgun and sends Goldie Hawn like 200 yards. Uh, but anyway, so fine. She's like, help me, help me, help me. And then she insults him one more time. Help me, help me. Uh, and he, he's about to help her. And she's like, hurry up, you flaccid 
tool <laughs> and he's like, never mind, pushes her down and we see a frankly gross. The just, hubris of Madeline I know. is what got her killed. Well, yeah. get, you, you, don't in, you do not insult somebody that's in yes. a position to save you. Just wait you know? five more seconds. Yeah, get off the stairs, then call him flaccid again. Yeah. That's all you gotta Look, do. She is who she is. She's not gonna stop just because she's facing death's door. Uh, I like okay. that. You know what? You're she's, right. she's gonna be a dick all the way down. Be who you be. <laughs> she is anti-flaccid till the end. Yeah, uh, and you know, she takes a very hard fall down all those <laughs> stairs and breaks effectively every bone in her body she well, her wrist a, and her neck she's a twisted mangled pile yeah. at the bottom of the stairs for quite a while while Ernest runs down to the phone and immediately calls Goldie Hawn's Helen's character he's like I did it <laughs> we're all good now he's <laughs> like I, I pushed her down she fell down the stairs and yeah and like we said Helen's like uh, what part of the plan did you not understand and she's like look you called me. Uh, did you call the police? He's like, no, I called you first. He's like, you fucking idiot. Jesus, Ernest, get it together. <laughs> so they make up a story of all about how Helen fell down the stairs while you were, while, while Ernest was on the phone with Helen. She heard a loud crack, yada, yada, yada. And all this is happening. Helen's starting to get up in the background. Unmangle herself. Yeah. And, for, and she walks to the phone and her head's on backwards. Yeah, she's walking backwards with her head facing forward at this and point. And let's, you wouldn't notice that. You would fucking yes. notice that. But she's like, I, I, she doesn't get that her arms are backwards. Right. She's out of it. She's, no, she's a little, I don't she's buy a it. experience, guys. She Wait. might have a concussion. Spaceball style. She'd be like, my ass is huge. <laughs> Why didn't somebody tell me my ass was so big? Uh, but yes, yeah, I think she would immediately have noticed because I think anybody would. But she does until she looks in a mirror and she's, and, and Ernest is like, I think you have a dislocated neck. <laughs> it's rare. I've never seen it, but it could happen. Uh, and she's like, look, will you just help me? He's like, I don't, I don't know how to help you, uh, which is totally fair. That yeah, is, I wouldn't want to touch her. No. Well, she threatens to call 911. And then Ernest goes into like, what can I do for you, dear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mode. Let's not get the authorities involved just yet. Right. So she turns her head around all on her own. And she's like, I think I need to go to a doctor. Yeah, now she's panicked. And so they take her to the hospital. This is the best scene of the whole movie. He rear ends an ambulance. Right out the gate. That cracked me up. They give him a valet ticket once he gets <laughs> yes. out for his car. I was like, Mwah. So you get to this doctor and he tests her wrist and he's like putting her wrist I mean, way further back than a wrist should go. And he's like, really? Uh, that, that doesn't, doesn't hurt. hurt. Uh, so, okay. Uh, then he looks at her neck and he, he's like, uh, he freaks out. Then he gets a stethoscope. He starts with a regular size stethoscope and he, Check in, he's checking. Can't, and then he goes and gets the Looney Tunes stethoscope, which is like 10 times as big, <laughs> which I don't think is a real thing. It's like a veterinarian yeah, stethoscope right. or something. I don't know. Who knows? But he gets that. Can't hear her heart either. And he's like, your neck's broken. Your wrist's broken. Don't have a heartbeat. And your temperature is 80 degrees. So Ernest goes, what does that mean? And he goes, exactly. What does that mean? <laughs> Well, he walks over and he goes, uh, let me talk to you over here for a second. And he's like, and then and Ernest is drinking out of a yeah. flash. He's like, uh, let me hit that real fast. <laughs> he takes a hit of it. And he's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, she might be dead. He's like, I'm going to go get a second opinion. And the next time you see him, he's had a heart attack and he's on a fucking gurney in the room. Yeah. So good. Uh, so yeah, 
Ernest is freaking out. He's like, all right, where'd the doctor go? Uh, so he leaves to go look at the doctor. Like we said, we see him having a heart attack. He goes back to the room. Who is the tennis guy in the waiting room with the skinned knees? Is that supposed to be somebody we're supposed to know? Because they really like focus on him for a while. Yeah, he was just sitting there. And I was like, is that somebody? I couldn't tell either. And then yeah. Maybe he was an early 90s famous person uh, that we don't know about. But yeah, that's where he finds out the doctor's dead. He was yeah. like, I'll go find the doctor. The doctor's dead. Then he runs back. And at this point... Meryl Streep has like passed out. She's fainted. Right. So she's, and well, when he goes back to the room, she's gone. And there's a lady doctor there. Uh, and she's like, I'm sorry. You know, I know this is really hard on you. He's like, where is my wife? And finally the doctor is just like, she's dead. She's in the morgue. He goes, she is going to be so mad about that. So he rushes off, finds the morgue, opens it up, you know, and rescues Madeline. And he's like, this is a miracle. And he's yeah, like, he thinks he's being tested by God. He's yeah. like, this is a test of our, 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 our marriage, you know, like, and then he, he's in, like, he's back involved with Madeline. And then he kind of realizes at this point that he can help her out. Cause he's like, wait, I do mortician shit. Yeah. I can help you out with this. So he's taking her back home. At this point, Helen had come to be like, all right, you see what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And she's laying it on thick. She's like, let's go see the body. Helen, she's resting. She's not resting. She's dead, Ernest. Just like we wanted. Just like we plotted together, remember? I, you may have done it alone, but I can't walk away from this now. Not after you putting us both in jeopardy like this. We have to bury her in Death Valley and be done with her once and for all. Helen, please, you have to listen to me. She deserves it. She was a homewrecker. She was a man-eater. And she was a bad actress. And before Goldie Hawn comes in, uh, Bruce Willis has been upstairs actually, like, um, spray painting and formaldehyde and basically making um, Madeline look good again. So like she's Madeline looks alive again at this point. And Madeline's upstairs listening to Goldie Hawn just talk mad shit. She's upstairs. Oh, resting peacefully. Oh, fine. oh, if she's not dead, you tell her to come down here. You tell her to come down here, walk right up to me and kiss me on the kiss you on the what? And I was like, all right, this is where it gets hot. Mm. We're about to have a three-way situation here. You thought they were going to literally kiss in. some ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> straight up. I thought this was going to be a fucking like X-rated Weekend at Bernie's type situation. Oh. No, it was not. I don't want to see that. It was not even close. X-rated Bernie's. No, <laughs> no such luck. Uh, instead, we continue to devolve into more of a cartoon where now they start battling each other. Uh, with shovels and not since hobgoblins have we seen such shovel action splash across the silver oh, screen. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Well, first some bad shovel fight. Madeline shoots Helen with a shotgun, well, I guess elephant gauge shotgun uh, that shoots sends her like two just in the air soaring across a room into a fountain. It's, it's point blank, right? Yeah. It would have torn her in half. Yes. There would not be a comic cannonball hole in her stomach, let alone the sides of your human body would not be able to support the top half. She would fold over on herself. 100%. Also, if there was that much recoil, Helen would have gone flying the other direction. Uh, <laughs> She's got great lats. What are those, the muscles on the side? That the sounds side right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I think <laughs> her I mean, lats are holding her up. Obliques. Obliques. Your lats are in the back. <laughs> oh, see? I didn't pass anatomy class. <laughs> but I guess, I guess Neither that's did it. Ernest. Yeah. Right. So now, Madeline's like, uh, all right, well, we're going to take Helen to Death Valley, we're gonna bury her uh, and get on with our life. It was a good plan. Yeah, uh, and then Helen stands up 
Uh, and we see there's a huge hole in her. And she's like, you, she notices the little pin on yeah. her blouse. And it's like, you took the vial too. When did you take it? And she says like 1985 yeah. or something like that. I think that's a nod to back to the future. Oh. Um, and then they start the shovel fight, which again, we said it was ridiculous. You think so? I mean, I guess it makes that it makes sense. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. A lot happened in 1985. She got evicted, went to that mental institution, mm-hmm. got out and drank the potion all that year. Right. It was a hell of a year. Yeah. Busy year. Good year. I guess. I don't remember it, but like sure. a blip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Word association. Let's play. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, the shovel fight happens, goes on way yeah. too long. Goldie Hawn actually got a scar from this fight mm-hmm. in real life. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, to get damaged for this movie. For uh, this movie. Because <laughs> they just. Not overboard. I know. Not falling off a boat with Kurt Russell. A no. movie the all one about she's a looking good and keeping care of your body. This yeah. is the one that gives her a permanent scar. This is the one. Yeah. I like it, actually. What a story. It's telling. Irony. It's fitting. Like, she has a overhead smash onto Madeline's head, which pushes her neck down or like into her shoulders. I mean, the whole thing is just comedic. You remember in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where Mikey puts his head in his shell? Yes. It's basically this. Yeah. It's just so over the top. It was so fun, though. Like, again, I was... The moment I heard the wood blocks when her tits popped into place, I was like... Oh, it's going to be this kind of movie. After that, I didn't question any of this. I was on board for all of it. It was fun for like five minutes. The fact that it went on for like, I don't know, a year and a half. It, it just went on for like too it. long. They I've just, still got more questions about the vial. So later on, I got it. We're going to get back <laughs> to that. They just sit there and scream at each other yeah. for so long. And I got really tired of it. And I'm like, oh. Then, I wanted to have a drink like Bruce Willis was yes. in the back. They become like, friends, though, rough. out of this. They realize well, yeah. like, hey, we've, we've definitely been rude and harsh to each other. Because this is where we find out they've been friends for fucking ever. And then they're like, yo, we should just really kind of bury that hatchet. And Yeah, but it's a tenuous friendship at best. Yeah. Even as they kind of get together, oh, I shouldn't have said that thing. I shouldn't have stole your boyfriends. Mm. You're not cheap. You're not whatever, you know, blah. I mean, Bruce Willis is like, I'm getting the fuck out well, of not, here. Well, almost. He's, he's basically like, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, oh, my God, we've done damage to ourselves. Well, Brucey can fix this, so let's go talk to him. He'll fix us up. And that's when they come up they're like, oh my God, we got to keep this dude around. I want to know how he fixed the cannonball hole in her stomach. Silly putty. Definitely a spackle-like yeah. situation. Uh, <laughs> so he's packing up to leave, uh, and the only yeah. thing he grabs is his dartboard. I appreciate that. He knows what's important. Yeah, he, he fixes him up, and he's like, I'll do this one thing, and then I'm out of here because this is just too much for me. And they're like, well, if he goes, no one's going to be able to take care of us. we got a long time to worry about our bodies. So their plan is to basically convince him to take the potion. And he's like, I'm out of here. They're going to kill him, bring him back to life with the potion. They try to drug him with alcohol, but then he has the turn of heart where he's like, I'm going to not st- drink well, so much and pours it all I out. I drink too much. Babe. Yeah. So he, he, they don't, I don't think they don't plan to kill him. They just want him to drink the potion. He can stay alive. They don't well, give they a poison shit. The, they poison no, the they, glass. Their plan was to knock, knock him out. out. Oh, I thought they were like killing him. Oh, you know? no. They just want to knock him out. They to had get a whole elaborate plan where they like lined the edge of a glass with a poison to kill somebody. I was like, well, that's just. No, it's just to knock him out. Yeah. Uh, uh, because they're like, there's no way he's going to go there on his own. It's the same poison, quote unquote, knockout drug yeah. that Goldie Hawn was going to use on Madeline when she was planning that whole murder with Bruce. Well, I thought that was poison that would kill her. No, no, no just the, to knock him out. I thought they are going to kill her at the house. No, the knock crash. Knock him out, finish their dinner, put her body in the Drive car. Her off the edge, she yeah. dies yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought she died because of the poison because she said it'll be out of her system by then. So I well, thought it killed them. They won't show up in an autopsy. They'll think it's car. If you die with a poison in your system, I believe it stays in your system. Yeah. There's no. Uh, well, not this one, according to Goldie Hawn. Yes. <laughs> and if there's anybody I'm going to trust about hiding a body after you've killed it, it's Goldie Hawn. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. He's planning to leave. He's like, I'll do this one thing and then I'm going to start a whole new life because you two 
are terrible. Uh, but I did forget one of my other favorite scenes is when Goldie Hawn's character comes back. Ernest goes, I don't think this is a miracle at all. Uh, <laughs> that made me laugh. I was like, all right, you're, you're, you're a quick study, Ernest. So he dumps the drink out and then they hit him over the head with some vases. Oh yeah. It takes like vases, five vases. And he's like, what's happening? And I like that. Cause that is probably more realistic than other movies where you get hit in the head and immediately get knocked out. So now he wakes up at uh, VTP's, uh, VTP's house. house where she is swimming in her pool with a long, like six foot long scarf that just happens to cover her breasts. Who swims in a scarf? Really? Uh, when you're 70, do what you want. Also, she's more than 70. There's no way she that scarf just happened to stay strategically over that area. But anyway, she is full on naked except for a titty scarf. Which I guess do your thing, girl. But she gets out and she's like, I'm so glad you're awake now. So here's the situation. We got a lot of people that could really use her services. How would you like to live forever? I got this pink drink. Would you like to join us? And she's giving him the hard sell. And she puts on this elaborate fucking like David Bowie labyrinth style like robe. God, she looks amazing in this movie. She's just hard selling Bruce Willis to drink this drink. Now, I have a question. Well, I have lots of questions, but I have one question. If you've already drank in the violet drink, what happens if you drink it a second time? You turn into a baby. Nothing. It's a Benjamin Button situation. Yeah, then you're an immortal baby. I'm going to hmm. vote nothing happens. Yeah. You think it's a nothing? Yeah. You know, you just, yeah, all right, now you've got two. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. wasted somebody else's yeah. dose. Good work. Also, can you get pregnant after you've taken this? If you're still alive, I don't see why not. Because you don't have to die. But if you're dead, my, no. my question is, is, why didn't she t warn them about being alive after dying? She did. She, she did. well, un no, she unclearly, she said, take care of your body. Yes, but that is not saying, oh, by the way, if you die, you'll be a zombie. Well, she doesn't strike me as a terms and condition kind of uh, <laughs> sorceress, yeah, okay? She a lot of fine print. She's just like, do you want to live forever or not? Uh, and if you do, but if she's worried about actresses and actors staying in the limelight too long, I think a walking dead zombie version would be way more startling to the general public. Maybe these two are the first idiots who, uh, it happened to all the rest are still alive or just minimally damaged. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Could it be? I feel like for doing it this long, you've at least run into this situation once before. I would think so. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe those bodyguards, uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry, hilarious that that's what they're called. I think VTPs are uh, probably hundreds and hundreds of years old. I know she said okay. she was 71. I, yeah, I think she's but older I think than she's, 70. She's way older so than that. So maybe she uses those people to go get anyone who's acting a fool and brings them back to her, like, alternatively, two-story or 70-story castle, depending on how long someone needs to fall. It depends on which section of the castle you're in. There's a little, like, tower in the middle. Yeah. Look like mm. a real dick building if you, like, really pan out. But, um, so, yeah, they're having the big, like, yearly gala where everyone who's drinking the pink drink gets together and, uh, you know, has their, like, hey, how's right. it going? But, Ernest, and, oh, um, important bit, Ernest goes, no. This living forever sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. Uh, what would I do? Like, yeah, this is pre-internet. What would you do? <laughs> uh, he's like, and what you can do whatever you want. You're immortal. You can go crazy. Go to Vegas. Bet all the money. Oh. Like, get like ninety hookers, and then basically reenact fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know. There's so many possibilities here. You could have like the world's largest game of chess. Ernest isn't having it, so he's like, no, thank you. So short-sighted, this fucker. And I don't think I'd take it. Yeah. Really? No. No, no, you guys wouldn't take fucking immortal immortality. No, Depends, you know how I, you know, some nights I'm like, yeah, dying seems like it sucks, in but in, a, in general, damn heartbeat. 
And you have to watch everyone. I mean, he, the most salient point is you watch everyone you love die. That sucks. Imagine your letterbox, though. That shit would be <laughs> so comprehensive. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. But I get I where he's it, coming I would from. do it on the condition that I could have two backup vials so I could at least drop two people with me into immortality. Yeah. I would want a vial that would end me. No, yeah. that's not how it works. That's the, that's no, the curse, That's man. what I want. That's the curse. But, I, mean, I don't think, want the curse. What happens if you are... Uh, <laughs> think of all the terrible things that could happen. You're on a boat and it sinks and now you're just stuck at the bottom of the fucking ocean forever. You walk your way to fucking... The, no, the you're land. trapped. You can get out of a boat. I mean, I mean there's, uh, there's areas where you're in a plane crash and all that's left is your head in the bottom of the fucking ocean. What's your plan then? Then that my head sucks. eventually floats up to the top. I eventually end up in one of those big trash heaps, those new little <laughs> robots that clean up the sea, pick me up. They go, oh my God, that's a human head. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. I'm Garrett. And they basically say, oh, this head can talk. They freak out. I take over the boat. I'm like, all right, this is what happens. Johnny, you've been a poop deck swabber all this time. You're going to captain now. Drive me to land. Get me a fucking mannequin body, and we're going to rule this place. I think you just described the sequel to Robin Williams' Bicentennial Man. I think so. Uh, <laughs> so Ernest is like this, and so he can't leave now. I mean, he knows about the potion because he didn't take it. It's implied that shit's about to happen to Ernest. So he takes the knife that uh, is the finger pricking knife, does a perfect throw, just nails the electricity, turns off all the lights and escapes into this huge party. You guys want to know why, right? Oh, right. Because he's he got a perfect drinking. hand. He yeah. had a perfect hand. And then basically from the, the abuse, the, the verbal and mental abuse from Madeline, he became an alcoholic and couldn't do his job effectively anymore. So when he stopped drinking, he then basically got his faculties back. He was the earnest who was. Ah, I like that. Okay. I, just, I don't, I don't agree with having Ernest have no um, accountability for this whole situation. He's a man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a white male who also is a Republican because Goldie Innocent. Uh, says it. Yeah. Innocent. As we know, no one's getting held accountable for Innocent that. even when proven guilty. <laughs> That's true. He would definitely be voting for DGT. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, two-time Reagan voter, I bet, too. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he runs through the party. They're like, seal the doors, because, of course, this castle has the ability to seal the doors. You don't have a castle and not have the ability to seal yeah, the doors. That's what I said, naturally. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Madeline... You said it almost dismissively. I was well, like, no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, the fire marshal probably has a thing or two to say. But <laughs> Madeline and Helen are at the party. They see uh, Ernest as well. So they're, they're chasing him. The goons are chasing him. Everyone's chasing Ernest. He gets to the roof. And now he does the dumbest thing I think possible. He's like, okay, I... Scale the roof. I get where he's what he's thinking. He's like, I got to get to the other side. So he starts with his dress shoes, by the way, just clawing his way across a very steep roof. Um, unsurprisingly, he slips, falls, gets caught by suspenders on the gutter, which then swings him out over away from the roof. So now he's stuck hanging by his suspenders. He's like eight stories up at this point, hanging over this courtyard below him. And then Madeline and Helen are like, take the vial. If you fall, you'll survive. And he goes, okay. Takes the vial out, looks at it, drops that shit. He's yep. like, not for me. He uh, almost drinks it, though. He, yeah, I get it's that. An, it's until one of them said, you'll live with us forever. And he's like, no, fuck that shit. And then he dumps it out. What yeah. do you think that stuff smells like? Ass. Um, you know the... <laughs> Straight to ass, huh? <laughs> the pink otter pops. 
Okay, I like that. Pepto. It's probably tastes like oh, yeah, maybe a little Pepto. Yeah, Ew. yeah. I don't think it's a pleasant taste. You think it's got that chalky aftertaste? Big too? time. Yeah. I think they put a little cotton candy flavor in there. Everyone knows souls. It's taste all these chalky. things mixed into one. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, and but also Helen tries very ineffectually to save him with her scarf. She's like, ah, and then she just throws the whole fucking scarf. You mean off the see-through like yeah. scarf that's like a foot long? It was like, oh come on. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Then she just throws the whole thing off the fucking roof. So but, then his suspenders snap. And then he holds up a little sign that says, Yelp, like the coyote, and then <laughs> falls to his death. And he falls no. for like 10 <laughs> seconds. It's ridiculous how long he falls. Luckily, he goes through a pane glass window into the swimming pool. You would still be dead. That pool, either if he fell as long as it looked, that water is going to be like concrete, or that pe- the pool is at most eight feet deep. You're just going to smash into the bottom of the pool. Uh, so just really bad news for Ernest. Yeah. I tell you, I told you, you drew, drew the line on physics, okay? If the physics isn't accurate, I can't be with you. And then we get a nice little cameo from Jim Morrison, who's like, are you almost done with the pool? And he is goes, that who that was? That's Jim Morrison. Oh, yeah. okay. He's got that, yeah. he's got I didn't pick up on it either. I'm sorry. I was too busy looking at the lady with her pants yeah. off. <laughs> okay, uh, my roommate was also was like, like, wait a minute, what's happening who that there? is? And I was like, that's Jim Morrison. That's why he's got the girl and okay. they're getting naked. And he goes, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, so Bruce Willis is like, I'm out of here. Leaves the party. Steals, steals James Dean's Jimmy car. Jimmy Dean's car. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's like a Wienermobile. It's like the Oscar yeah, Mayer yeah. Wiener Schnitzel car. No, it's the James Dean Spider. Uh, I think that's what the car was called. Yeah, I think it was a Spider. Yeah. At this point, that's when um, VTP goes, it would be a lot easier if you get him back. Madeline and Helen go to the houses and like, he's already gone. I don't know where he went. We fade out and it says 37 years later. And then we cut to a church and it's somebody's funeral. And that somebody is Ernesto. He was the best man that ever was, is, and ever will be again. Well, his life started <laughs> at 50. He met his new wife. He had a bunch of kids. He adopted kids. He climbed a mountain. He, he went just, all over the world, set up yeah. a women's, <laughs> women's study course or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you know what? This man truly will live forever. Yeah. And then in the back, we see oh, Helen and Madeline are there still bickering right there. They're like, do you have the spray paint? And she's like, no, I don't know where the spray paint is. I lost it. How did you lose a full thing of spray paint? And they're covered in the morning um, gear, your gear, whatever they call yeah. it, drape in front of their faces. Veil. Veil morning, yeah. morning M-O-U-R, Correct. not morning as in like morning. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The it's sad an, it's an audio veil. medium. I thought I'd just clarify. No, 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 no I, I appreciate okay. that. Yeah, the veil of sadness. And they're back there cackling and, yeah. and causing a ruckus. And they're like, let's get out of here. Preacher says something. He truly will live forever. And they turn and look at each other and laugh and walk out. Yeah. Yeah. And then while they're walking out, they're going down the stairs and the aforementioned spray paint can that went missing is there on the stairs. As and someone who may or may not have dabbled in graffiti. They may as well just made it a banana peel. Yeah. When a fucking spray can falls out of anything and hits the concrete. You hear You it. hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe their ears don't work anymore. I also wondered how you would hear each notice. other. Oh, true. Good like, point. It's a spray paint can. It's huge. It's in her purse. How does this just fall out. That's what that's what Goldie Hawn was asking. And it looked like a clutch. It was not big, so I was like, that thing took up the whole goddamn purse. You would know if it fell out. To mirror Madeline falling down the stairs earlier, now we have that same thing happen again where she's teetering on the edge and says, help me, help me, you fool. And then they, she grabs Helen and they tumble down together. 
and explode into pieces. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. I mean, they... They manic and break apart. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I assume, because Garrett mentioned, and I'd forgotten until he said this, was that they got pumped full of formaldehyde, and uh, maybe over 37 years, they became super brittle. No, they didn't get pumped full of formaldehyde. When did that happen? Well, they did. Yeah. I remember them yeah, rolling in did. giant uh, jugs oh, of formaldehyde. Yeah, he does, yeah, it, he yeah. does it for Madeline, and when she comes down, and she's all like... That's right. That's when they're both like, we need to keep them around to help us, because we're going to get fucked. So at that point, they yeah. would have basically formaldehyde and Goldie Hawn also. What would have happened to their bodies if that hadn't had happened? Well, the thing is, when they fall, they, they would have just rotted to death. They segment apart like mannequin arms. Like at the oh. wrist, it's a straight cut. At the elbow, it's a straight cut. So that's why it looks so dumb. Also, formaldehyde doesn't keep you from rotting forever or even that very long. It's just to get you through the funeral. <laughs> I don't know how long it lasts. I am not a mortician. I like the melty face aspect. That was cool. Yeah. And then there are just two heads. And also, uh, Madeline manages only as a head to turn around. So that was impressive. Mm-hmm. A lot of scalp control. Well, you also get a sound effect of like a saucer rotating on the ground you know when you drop a plate and then in in frame rolls the other one's head she says where'd Friend? you park the car yeah. do, you, do you remember when you parked the car <laughs> my eyes rolled so far out of my head that i needed formaldehyde that's all folks all right now now that we've sat around and talked about this like i do like some of the jokes more than i realized they're so funny it's a funny movie it's just not a horror movie it's definitely a comedy with some horror elements i would say that young frankenstein is probably the closest thing we've done but even then because it was so directly based off of frankenstein i think that definitely is more horror than this one but this one's got enough horror elements and enough like supernatural like death stuff to kind of be like okay you more or less you could slide this in here you more or less have zombies yeah no they're not zombies because they don't have any of the zombie traits they don't need to eat brains I feel like mm. Possum is less of a horror movie than this was, <laughs> except it's more freaky looking. But yes, Possum was a much more disturbing film. <laughs> yeah. than Yes, much more disturbing. But I feel like this has more like horror esque type stuff in it. But yes, I can't think of a single horror thing unless you assume anything to do with the undead equals zombies. I, I don't think I can't sense one single horror element in this film. Not one. Not, not a one. single one. What about VTP? I mean, that was more like fantasy esque. Right, that's your like. That's, yeah. a, that's an immortal. That's a vampire. No, she's not. That would at least would have been something. She's but she's not a vampire. Souls. Do you think that the people that she gives the the um the the vial to? Do you think she's getting their soul in return? Do you think that's part of the payment? Maybe I, I didn't think about that, but could be. But that's not horror either. I mean, there's a lot of soul stuff. That I mean, this feels more like in the I guess like almost closer to like fantasy than anything well whether it is or it isn't we've watched it and talked yes, about it that's true. so we've done this as a request from chris there you go chris we hope our you listener en- chris we hope you enjoyed this retelling of this looney tunes cartoon come to life <laughs> who framed meredith baxter burning <laughs> meredith baxter burning <laughs> Well, I would not recommend it. Oh, wow. I'm still on that side of the fence. Oof. If you've never seen it, I would recommend it because it's funny. And if you like Bruce Willis, if you like Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep, which if you don't, what's wrong with you? You know, it's great to see them in it. They chew up the scenery. Uh, I just would not expect anything horror about it, but it's a funny movie. So uh, if you've never seen it, it's worth watching at least once. What has Isabella Rossellini been in other than this? Blue Velvet, probably her most famous role in David Lynch's Blue Velvet. If you enjoyed her in this movie, you will really enjoy her in Blue Velvet. Mm -hmm. I 
don't think I've seen Blue. Maybe I've seen Blue Velvet. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of David Lynch films. It's a very trippy movie. That's like if a nightmare was yeah. a waking nightmare, um, and it's got a lot of people in it. Texas Chainsaw Two, Cowboy, Dennis Hopper's in it. Dean Stockwell's in it. Denise Hopier. It's loaded. <laughs> But wait, are you saying a David Lynch movie's trippy? Yeah, huh. that's kind of what he well, does. It's like his first one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and uh, the dude from Dune. Yeah, lots of people. Didn't David Lynch do a Dune? Yeah, he did do a Dune. He did yeah, do that's a what Dune. I was saying. Yeah. yeah, the 80s Dune. Uh, what a Sting. weird movie that one is. You should watch Blue Velvet. Okay. You'll enjoy it. So that's two recommendations and a stay away. <laughs> um, the jokes are funny, but it's not enough to carry me through recommending it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But I am a little warmer on it than I was 20 years ago when I saw it for the first time as a kid. Well, in 20 more years, maybe you'll join us over in Recommended Side. <laughs> well, if we're still doing this in 20 years, I better look as good as Meryl Streep does. Uh, I, gotta, I won't. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I look as good as Meryl Streep does now, so... Yeah, good point. I do. Okay, yeah, all right. I'm hoping it looks good as Ernest does. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's that for this one. Uh, Garrett, next time, coming up, are we going to try to squeeze in a little chainsaw? from the Texas Netflix land. Well, Mark, I believe we're going to try to. Netflix has done its best to secure the rights to a Texas Chainsaw massacre incident situation. I don't know what they're going to call it this time. I do know. They're going to call it Texas Chainsaw Kills. (laughs) (laughs) Based on the trailer, it sure looks like Halloween Kills, doesn't it? Jesus Christ. I mean, what are they doing? Inbreed dies tonight. Um, So yeah, we're going to do the uh, the new Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then I think after that, hopefully, the new Scream. So that's what's up next. Yeah, let's get some of the new ones out of the way. Let's get some thoughts on those. Um, We we have to do our due diligence on a new chainsaw. I think at this point we're required by law Mm -hmm. to talk about it. I hope it's good. The last one, there wasn't any massacre in. I remember us complaining. Yeah. How the new uh, class edition didn't have any of the uh, murder in with the chainsaw. Barely even with Howard Hessman. Yeah, that one. (laughs) Barely even had a chainsaw in it. So hopefully we'll get some of that. Now the trailer though. You better get away from me, bro, or I'm gonna cancel you. Wait, what was that in the trailer? Yeah, yeah he gets on a bus and he's got his chainsaw, and they're like, you better back up, bro. And they all got their phones out. The recorder's like, "You watch out, or you're going to get canceled." And I was like, "No, was yeah. that really in the trailer?" Yeah. Oh, dude, you got to watch the trailer. Also, it, I don't know if I want to watch this trailer. It opens with like, I don't even know who. So Someone. Wait, it takes place in modern time. Yes. Yeah. He's like seventy year old Leatherface. No. Yeah. And they call like a survivor from the original uh, Texas Chainsaw. I think it may be supposed to be Sally. Oh, they call Sally. I and think. She, and she's on the phone like he's back all right i've been i've been preparing for this and they show her all so like Lori yeah. yeah but it's played by the actress who was in um maggie not maggie uh, the the nick cage movie the one that had oh, the mandy, uh, mandy. Yeah, it was the lady from mandy who the gray-haired woman okay okay who had the hornet and got, gave yeah, the yeah, lsd yeah, yeah, yeah. so not even the same actress uh playing it uh, right just, let's just watch mandy again <laughs> <laughs> this movie's good. I mean, I hope it is better than the trailer. That's that's. The You're gonna get canceled. Oh God, this is gonna. It be could crazy. go either way, right? I'm like, I'm teetering. Yeah, on the edge that's how of I feel. Which way are you gonna drop me, movie? Am I gonna be okay There's with this not or not? A scene where Leatherface goes like, Oh, thanks, Brandon. Like these <laughs> gas prices are insane, or some stupid shit like that. I'm out. You want Leatherface to say, Let's to go, Brandon. So, I want it to be so like socially aware of our situations now. God. I don't know. This sounds crazy. I'm in. I mean, it we looked, have to talk about it. Yeah, of course. But it, from the trailer, it looks like someone saw the screenplay or saw Halloween Kills was 
like, well, time to get to work. <laughs> and just beat for beat was like... Found my blueprint. Yep. Well, listeners, get ready for that. Watch that on Netflix listeners, and come back. Get ready for that. Yeah. You ready but, for this? <laughs> y'all ready for this? But in the meantime, have you seen Deaths Become Her? Don't tell me about it. I don't want to know. Keep it to yourself. <sighs> Do tell Mark about it. Definitely engage on our social medias. Which is what? Gravetalk.com. We're mm-hmm. on Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, uh, WhatsApp, Slack, uh, <laughs> TikTok, <laughs> Discord, Discord. What else we got? Uh, Substack, uh, Tinder. Oh. Uh, we got a profile Bumble. on Tinder. Yeah. you want to date the <laughs> podcast, girl? We got you set. Whatever uh, you know, whatever whatever is that one where you need a certain clout score? We're on there. Okay, you may or may not be able to find <laughs> us on all of those things, but we are out there. Until next time, watch Chainsaw Twenty Twenty Two and come back and see us then. Take care. 